thank you guys all for coming. Um, we will be doing a deep dive into Rise of Skywalker, but uh, first I want to go around and have everyone kind of introduce yourself. So let me know, you know, who who you are, you know, where we can find you and your content. Um, I'd love to get your top three Star Wars film ranking, because uh, that's how I judge you as a person. Um, and uh, also, how did you how did you join the the Star Wars uh, community? Because you guys are all creating content and stuff, and uh, I watch all you guys, love it all. But uh, yeah, if you can tell me a little bit about that, and I always go in the same kind of route. So Sawyer, Sawyerism, you are up first. Hey guys, my name is Sawyer. I'm Sawyerism on TikTok and Instagram, and I also have a podcast with Hannah. It's called the Star Whores Podcast. Um, and if you know me, I probably don't usually sound like this. Um, but if you want to hear the full story, you can go look at my most recent TikTok. But how I got into the Star Wars community was I posted a video about my my rankings for the Star Wars films. And I put Rise of Skywalker at the top. And that didn't go over so well with the gatekeepers. Um, so uh, for the past, I don't know, what, eight months now? Eight, nine months? I've been talking like this on pretty much every single platform that I can possibly, yep, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, every live stream. Yeah, no, but anyway, <laughs> um, I've decided that it's time to, you know, be as authentic as possible. So this is what I really sound like. Um, and my top three Star Wars films, I think, are still pretty hot takes. I gotta go... Um, Number three, Last Jedi. Number two, Empire. And number one, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I love it. And when I see all of the stuff that gets, like, spouted out, especially on, on female creators, I can understand wanting to distance yourself a little bit more from those people. So, yeah, I, I'm here for it. And how about you, Hannah? Yes. Um, hi, my name is Hannah. I am Discount Bo-Katan on TikTok. Um, the way that I got into, I guess, the Star Wars content creation world is I, w I was doing TikTok um, because Sawyer was doing TikTok. We're um, best friends IRL. And um, we I, I had decided I was going to do a, a theater kid tiktok account because that's those that's the stuff that i had seen and i was like yeah i'm gonna talk about musicals that kind of stuff and then occasionally i would post about star wars and then at a certain point i just ran out of things to say about theater because that's like my um that that's the uh that's what i do i do I, i'm an actor and i'm at school for drama and but just being away from like physically doing theater for so long kind of has me like I there's only so much I can talk about there's only so much I can be excited about so then I started posting almost exclusively Star Wars stuff and people started liking it I was like all right this is what we're gonna do I guess <laughs> um but yeah it's uh yeah it, it's a lot of fun and we we have fun there um but my top three Star Wars rankings uh, I would say at number one is The Last Jedi number two Empire Strikes Back and number three Rogue One Ooh, okay, interesting. I, I like it. Um, 
Also, if you guys don't know, uh, this kind of Bo-Katan is the person that got me back into playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. So the people who ask about me playing that, that that's that's why. And uh, you don't want to go up against her because she has multiple god tier squads. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. And last but certainly not least, I got my boy Jacob Parker, who was present for my very first podcast. Um, so always a pleasure to have you back. But uh, yeah, how about you? Well, I have been a, a Star Wars fan since, well, before I even knew what that meant, because I was less than a year old when the first film came out and got to see it in theaters and got to see them all since. And I just kind of happened on TikTok because my sons, I'm little older than the rest of you and uh <laughs> my sons who are now in college so yeah uh were on tiktok and they were like trying to do the little you know dance moves and stuff and i'm just like I, okay i'm gonna get on this app and then i saw there's star wars content on this app and there's marvel content and stuff so i started creating stuff and boom people started watching it so here i am and uh just having a good time with that uh top three films uh, the first one is The Last Jedi, and there's no uncertainty there. The rest of my ranking does tend to move around, but it was the Return of the Jedi until I watched The Last Jedi. And as soon as I walked out of the theater, I said, that's my favorite Star Wars film now. Uh, so I would say The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker is probably second. And the first one is a, it's a tie between The Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi. I know that's cheating but i just i really <laughs> but i love all the star wars films i just happen to love these stories most because i resonate most with them yeah that's that's totally cool and uh and you know again i've like i always enjoy uh your content because you're always pointing out you know some of the finer qualities of these films that a lot of people seem to, to miss um mm. and i'm happy to have people that you know have this stuff ranked so high personally again everyone knows my story of watching empire strikes back over and over again but um getting involved in uh star wars tiktok i downloaded tiktok uh on may 2nd because i just had uh had been watching season seven of the clone wars and i needed to talk about it and then uh i kept seeing like these people talk about how come r2d2 didn't tell luke that vader was his father and people were talking about like it was just like profound like realization and me i'm instantly like well because r2 wasn't around for any of the vader stuff like he wasn't there one day anakin just left even when he went to mustafar he told him to wait by the ship and just never came back i don't know that r2 even knows uh just maybe he does also they never ran into each other later so I don't know. And so that was my very first TikTok. And now, now we're here. <laughs> I remember some of your early ones. I thought this guy's going to go far. And he did. You did. <laughs> yeah. I also remember that first one Sawyer mentioned, like a bunch of us swooped in to be like, you guys can let people like things. And she just blossomed into this star. And that's how I was introduced to Shayla Ren as well, was because she made a video defending Sawyer. And I was like, I love this girl already. I got to follow her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's awesome. Uh, yeah. Also, um, by the way, I'm no way in no way paid uh, to say this or endorse this, but um, Sawyer is wearing some awesome uh, General Grievous earrings, 
And yeah, y'all should check out uh, Be Dazzler Far Far Away Store because yeah, she makes she makes cool stuff. Anyway, far Far Away Factory. Far Far Away Etsy. Factory. Sorry, my bad, my bad. I haven't bought anything from it yet, uh, but this is my support. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, and jump into it. Uh, where did my notes go? Dang it! All right, there we go. <laughs> so. First of all, I, I got to ask, like, how did you guys feel walking into the theater to watch this film? And how did you feel walking out of it? Because, um, like, each, each you know, time watching Star Wars, it's like an experience. And I'm going to uh, Hannah first. Donna. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And I had seen a meme before going into it. Um, it was like... I, it was it was one of those things where it was like a bunch of hands piled on top of each other. And at the center, it said, hating the rise of Skywalker. And on the outside was like all of the arms piled on top of it had like a different thing. And it was like, these people hated it. And these people hated it. And these people. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. But like, oh, ooh, <laughs> this is not a podcast where we can swear. Um, you're, you're, you're fine. I just we don't make it a regular thing, but it's, it's yes. cool. No worries. <laughs> okay. And sorry. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I was, I was very shaken and rattled and nervous. Um, uh, but also before that I had been incredibly nervous because I was like, what's going to happen with these characters? I, what's going to happen with, I, I think I was most nervous about is Ben going to get redeemed? Are he and Ray going to end up together? What's, what's going on with Ray? What she's, what is she going to be up to? I was so just on edge about like, oh God, I hope that they're doing okay and that kind of thing. I hope that certain things happen. And it was, um, yeah, it was a nerve wracking experience walking into that theater. All right, and what about walking out? I was satisfied. I was really into it. Um, I, I was heartbroken, um, but I was heartbroken in the best kind of way, I think. Um, because unlike a lot of people who, um, ship Raylo and um, love Ben Solo. I loved the scene at the end where he gave his life. Um, and I know that we'll talk about that a bit more later, but I thought it was so fitting and perfect and beautiful. And I just, I, I, I <laughs> at the very end, I wasn't into the Ray Skywalker bit initially. And I, I learned to appreciate it more as I heard people talk about it. Um, so I kind of had like an eye roll that punctuated it at the end. Um, but then, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I walked out feeling like, Ooh, okay. But most importantly, I walked out feeling incredibly vindicated because everything that I had like fan theorized that would happen happened somehow. We, we I was like, I think that Ben's going to give his life for Ray. I, I, I hope that they kiss. I think that's about the maximum that we're going to get. And I was, I had been like, Sawyer and I had been Ray Palpatine theorists for a very long time. And I was just like, wait a second, did they hack my emails? What's going on here? So I, <laughs> I, it was, it, it was a wild ride um, all throughout. Yeah. Sawyer even has the Ray Palpatine Twitter handle. Um, it is, it's Instagram, but yes, Instagram. it is true. Um, I, I think I was the one who got on board with that first, but yeah, no, I have owned, and you could look this, you can go find the account. I've owned the username <laughs> Ray Palpatine since 20, yeah, 2016 and no gate, gatekeepers. This is not me saying that Ray's not a Skywalker. Just want to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, how about you, uh, Kev? Jacob. 
So walking in, I was excited because The Last Jedi just blew me away. Uh, for the film, I was excited. In terms of what everyone else thought of it, at that point, I couldn't have cared less because of the whole petition to get rid of The Last Jedi and all that garbage. I'm just like, I'm just like I do every film. I'm going to like it or I'm not going to like it. I'll go in. I was with my kids. We were watching it. And it was pretty much everything I thought it would be. It wasn't exactly the story points I thought it would be, but in terms of just the, the grandness of it and the resolutions and things, uh, you know, George Lucas famously said, it's always hardest to do the third film to wrap everything up and you have to just rush to the end basically. And uh, yes, they did that, but that's pretty normal. So that didn't bother me. Uh, walking out, I was pretty satisfied and I thought this is incredible. I didn't see the Ray Skywalker name coming at the end until she looked in that whole emotional moment of the force ghost looking at her that I know we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I, I was just really happy at the end, but also like, Oh man, this saga is over, but we're going to get more star Wars. So uh, more to come. Awesome. Awesome. So per personally, I had a little bit different of an experience. Um, when I walked, I, I mean, I was hopeful walking into it. I, cause I really enjoyed the last Jedi. Like, I, as soon as the last Jedi ended, I turned to my buddy I saw it with and was like, "Man, people are gonna love this movie." Um, and so walking into this one, I was just, um, yeah, I was just just hopeful. I mean, there are certain things I was like, "Okay, well, it's called Rise of Skywalker, and we know this is gonna be the end of the Skywalker saga, so all of them are gonna die, and she's gonna end up being a Skywalker at the end." Like, there's like that seems obvious to me, but. Um, yeah, after seeing it, I just, I didn't like it the first time. Um, and I was confused. Um, there was so, like, I had, I had a bunch of, like, gripes with it. Uh, and I'm like, I, I know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just surprised. And so me and my wife went and saw it a second time. And I was like, oh, okay. So all my questions actually do have answers. And I just missed them. Okay. Yeah. But still overall, um, it, was a very different tone than what I was anticipating. Um, and so that's why I wanted to, uh, to talk to you guys about it. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. All right. So we got to have first act. And also I know I'm, I'm calling on you guys because it helps to not have people talk, you know, too much over each other, but I want this to be conversational. Like feel free to, to jump out and stuff. And like, you know, I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, but yeah, first act we have like the opening crawl of the movie somehow palpatine's return um all the way over to the the fake out uh fake chewy death um what jumps out at you i'll go to, to jacob first but what jumps out at you for the first act of the film the uh first act oh uh, i'm sorry I, I i i skipped sawyer on the last topic of walking in and walking out oh i apologize take it away yeah yeah I can't can't hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're muted. Tap mute. Whoops. Sorry. Um, I, you can keep going. It's fine. I was just teasing you. <laughs> no, no, I, I do want to hear it. It wasn't intentional. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. No. Uh, okay. 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 Um, well, I was with Hannah, which is why I am so excited about. This, which is why I was so excited about doing this podcast and like having suggesting her beyond because we went together. 
um, we were so excited. Like this was it, you know, we've been, we, we entered, we've re-entered the fandom together. We stuck it out. We've been Raylo, team Raylo since the force awakens. Um, I went in, I'm terrible. I, when I get really nervous about something, I am so quick to spoil myself so that I'm readily prepared for it. Um, so I did get inf intel on the on the Raylo kiss before we win it, but uh, the rest. <laughs> and she will she will like vaguely spoil it for me as well. She'll be like, "You're gonna be, you're gonna feel like this," and I'll like dropping little hints, and I'm like, "Stop it! I don't want your hints." <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm an asshole. But anyway, um, anyway. The other thing that I had, though, I mean, what, if anything, what I learned from The Last Jedi was that people are just going to be so critical no matter what. And I love The Last Jedi, but the Rotten Tomatoes critic score versus the audience score are really different. So I knew people were not going to like this movie no matter what. And I also figured because there's so many Star Wars fans, there's no way they're going to get the end of the Skywalker saga, perfect. So I didn't go into this movie thinking, wow, it's gonna be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Like there is no way they were gonna get it perfectly right because you can't satisfy everybody. Um, but then when I walked in, and I think this is a criticism that all people or a lot of like people who don't like the sequels have is like, oh, it felt like a fan fiction. That's why I like it because it felt like I wrote the fan fiction. I was like, yes, Ray, she's related to Palpatine. She kissed Ben and she used force lightning. Like, I feel like I contributed to this story. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you know that my bio says that Lucasfilm owes me royalties because I felt like I predicted everything and I had abstract ideas and they all came true. I just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and again, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so Drake, let's let's jump into it on the, the first act. Uh, what, what jumps out at you, you know, from again, from uh, the opening crawl all the way to the, the fake um, Chewy death, I, I feel is the first act of the film. So I was really into the first, you know, scene where Kylo was going scorched earth. Literally, literally, I can't even say that word today. Uh, but I did not know that was Mustafar the first time I watched it. Uh, and a lot of people, oh, it's not all lava. No, the planet's probably not all just a ball of lava. But uh, that was still interesting to see him just be so intense with his anger at that point and consistent uh, with it, just slaughtering everybody. But then we got, went through and we saw Ray do her little, ugh, like I can't even <laughs> moment. I laughed at that. I knew that was going to irritate some people, but I don't care. Uh, like uh, Sawyer said, you can't please everybody in these films. And this, uh, anyway, we'll get into that another point. But I, I loved the interaction with Ray and uh, Finn and Poe. And I just, that whole thing. But my, also in the back of my head is always, how are they handling the Carrie Fisher thing? Like every scene I'm looking yeah. for her and I'm hoping that because I, you know, I knew they had used uh, different footage and things like that. And I uh, didn't want that to take me out of the film at all. And it didn't, I mean, I honestly, I'm super impressed at what they could come up with based on what they had available. And uh, so that, that was great. Ray jumping over the, uh, that tie 
Was it the that wasn't the whisper? That was the uh, uh, silencer, or no? That was a whisper. That tie was whisper. the whisper. Yeah. Yeah. So the tie whisper. Uh, I did a TikTok wrong on that, and you helped me get that one right. <laughs> so um, her jumping over that, I thought was one of the most badass moments I've ever seen with a lightsaber, and uh, then that whole thing with the lightning it shook me. So yeah, I it was just a, a roller coaster. That's the best way I can describe it for me. The first act. Yeah, and so one thing that I I really do love is like you said that opening scene was on on mustafar and it's one of the newest things that we have now that we actually have a solid canon is everything matters now so the plan on mustafar is actually healing itself and if you want to know why you can play the vr game um vader immortal and you find out what happened which is also why it looks a little bit nicer in uh, rogue one than it did in you know, it was already starting there, and it's even better now. It's just, just really cool. Uh, <laughs> but how about you, Sorry? Uh, mute again. God, I keep doing that. Stupid mic. Anyway. Mine changes um, colors, so it's... I know. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because the first, like, two minutes or so, the first maybe five minutes, I remember sitting there going, well, really, the opening crawl. I remember sitting there going, what? Like, this is the worst opening crawl in all of Star <laughs> Wars because you can't tell me it's not. I love this movie. That is the worst opening crawl. And um, the dead speak, like, what is that? Um, so I remember going to Hannah and be like, hmm, that's a weird way to open the movie. But then it got really interesting really quickly. And then we got, you know, he went to Palpatine. I wasn't super crazy about that moment. But then we get to um, Finn and Poe and my guy Claude and everybody in the Falcon. And then they hyperspace jump and or skip. And I just was like, wow, there's the action. Like, kind of the same way I feel about The Last Jedi. I feel like the opener to that film as well is like, bang like this is star wars um so i that quickly turned around for me um and then we have ray in her training like doing her little training run um and you know getting to see what she's been doing with all this time and truly putting in all this work to become a jedi and then she calls Leia master and that for me was just yeah. such i don't know that just really hit cuz I, f I feel like we all knew, like, in some way, shape, or form, Leia was going to not make it through the movie for obvious reasons. Um, but I just, that just felt so good. It made me feel really warm inside when she did that. Um, and I just thought it was a great way to set up the movie. Um, and for the first time in this, in this uh, trilogy, we get... Finn, Poe, and Ray on an adventure together, um, which I really, really enjoyed um, throughout the entire film. But I think that that was something that a lot of sequel fans were hoping for, um, and we finally got it. Yeah, it's, it's because they, because uh, Ray never met Poe until the end of the Last Jedi. It was supposed to happen in the Force Awakens, but that scene got cut from the film. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy they, they tossed it in. But uh, yeah, how about you, Hannah? What jumps at you from the, the first act? Uh, the first act, I mean, okay. I know that we had already seen this scene um, where Kylo goes and talks to Palpatine um, because they were they released that scene as like a little teaser. 
uh, watching it on the big screen, whoo, it was even more intense. I am such a huge fan of that scene. I love every instant of it. And I think the part that just makes my heart go tonk tonk is the um the moment where he's switching between voices and he's doing I uh, Snoke's voice. I'm every voice you've ever heard inside your head. And he cycles through Snoke's voice and then Palpatine's voice and then Vader's voice. And that just got me. I was like, oh my God. Um, not only because, you know, it's it's Vader's voice and that's impactful in and of itself, but that it is is such an important part of I feel Ben's character is the fact that he has had these voices in his head his entire life. And he has, uh, you know, Snoke has been physically like whispering in his brain since he was a kid. Um, and it's just like, to see that sort of acknowledged in that way was heart-wrenching. Um, uh, I, you're I, saying that just, like, real quick, it just makes me wonder, um, has has Palpatine been working on his Vader impression, like, for, for a year? <laughs> Vader walks out of the room and he's like, all right, <clears throat> it is your destiny. Like, I'm just... I'm just <laughs> he knew he might need it uh, but no i i just ah uh, i'm i i love that moment so much i love that entire scene um the the snoke in the tube i thought was really cool um exegol as a whole really cool and then we leave that for so long and we don't come back to kylo and exegol until we're on pasana and he kind of shows up in like that that fourth time um, so it, it sort of leaves you like, wait, what? Oh, oh you know what? I'm dumb. No, he, they totally have a first order scene in between there. But um, where where they have um, uh, alien voiced by Mark Hamill's head on the table. Um, but it's just like it, it almost just it jumps right to the heroes, and you're like, wait, no, go back. Oh my god! And I just I love that sort of feeling of like, no, I'm on the edge of the cliff, but I want to jump over. Um, but then I think the the big part in this act for me is on Pasana when um, Ray is trying to retrieve Chewie's ship um, and the lightning shoots out of her hand. I physically screamed when that happened. <laughs> I think we both, I think we both did, and the, there were not a lot of people in the theater because we both went to you know we went to the earliest possible showing, and there weren't a lot of people there, and they were all like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't like us very much i don't think i i didn't even hear them to be honest i was too caught up in this it's the same way that like i was too i was too obsessed with um the fact that ray just sh shot force lightning out of her hand that was blowing my mind because i had since given up on hashtag ray palpatine i was like oh, okay she's a nobody cool um i'm you know i'm, I'm good with that i i was like wait 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 a, wait a damn minute um i i think i grabbed sawyer's arm i was just staring it did not register that Chewie had died or like that we were supposed to think he had died. I didn't even get it. I didn't hear the Chewie. I was just locked in on that frame. I was like, what? Same way that um, in the season finale of um, Mandalorian season two, I didn't even have time to cry about uh, Din and, and, and Grogu. I was like, Luke is here. What the hell is happening? I get like locked in on these things. And I, I, I just, I for a, for a few minutes i'm i cannot think about anything else so that's a that's a habit of mine but the force lightning oh my god i cannot even if i hadn't 
been theorizing that. I cannot begin to explain to you what that did to me. <laughs> I mean, I think that the displays of... I, I know that a lot of people, you know, who do the whole Mary Sue argument try to use this to further that but to me like watching ray use all of these force abilities you know we see her use we see her use force heal and then she uses force lightning that's not one she learned but you know um what's the other one we were just watching this yesterday um i oh yeah she this is carries on but you know she does the whole you will not you will let us pass you know she chose so many different force abilities that she's learned because she's been studying these books and i thought that was just a really cool thing to witness because you can just see how much she's grown from where she was at the last jedi yeah and i think it's consistent with the fact that sometimes ray has all this power and like no training and sometimes she just accidentally will use a force ability with like no you know control over it if anyone is arguing that ray is a mary sue because of the force lightning thing that happened do they think she was trying to kill chewbacca that just kind of you know boggles my mind a little bit because i think her whole thing is that she's wielding this giant razor sharp sword Sorry, this is not meant to be a literal <laughs> lightsaber thing. She metaphorically, she's wielding this crazy sword of power, and she has no idea what to do with it. She has no idea how to like, you know, handle all this power that she has. So sometimes she does things and she messes up. And I think that the the force lightning being like a, a you know a um a byproduct of that immense power that she she still doesn't quite have a handle on is I, I think that that's very in character for what we've like seen of her um and i i think that it set up the the palpatine reveal beautifully yeah i mean with that i uh as as a big as a big legends fan myself um what she did is exactly how uh it's exactly how everyone in legends learned force lightning they did it on accident uh, and it's not like a thing where your your training is specifically to help turn up the volume. It's to be able to con control it, and so that's I thought they did that very well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when the movie opened, first of all, I one hill I will die on is I think it was really dumb to play Palpatine's message in Fortnite. Yeah, um, I was waiting for this to come up. <laughs> Uh, oh, so bad. Yeah, that 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 was just a bad choice. Um, Wait, el elaborate. The <laughs> message, you know how the, the the message rings out, and it's like <clears throat> Palpatine's back. The message was like what it says is in Fortnite. It was yep. revealed in Fortnite. In what? Canon. Yeah. Yeah. In in hold hold it's hold, canon. hold. This is a canon message. Yeah, but but. Does that mean that Fortnite is canon in Star Wars? Is that okay? I, you, you said the words in canon, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's. And the person who read it also is not very good at doing Palpatine's voice. There's, yeah, there's there's a bunch of things. But um, as soon as this, you know, the movie jumped off, I, I did like that we jumped, you know, straight into action. Um, I I wish we had gotten to see Webbish Bog in the. In the in the movie, which is uh, a weird little alien spider thing on top of a giant super buff baby that lives in a huge body of water. It's super weird, and they, they did film it. 
Uh, and if you read the Vader 2020 comics, you'll you'll get to see uh, Vader meet that character for the first time. I, I wish they had kept it because uh, that's just super weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just jumped right into the story and you're just like, OK, we're, we're off. We're, we're going. Um, and that's one thing that I do enjoy about Star Wars in general is the reason that we have these opening crawls is to set up certain things that are not necessarily about the journey that we are going to watch in the movie. Um, it did kind of bug me when, you know, they say Palpatine has returned and because um, not everyone knew that he was Sith or <laughs> Dark Side or any of that stuff. Now, I'm sure it was, but thinking about it, I'm sure it was common knowledge to the Resistance from, from Leia and stuff, but I mean, the only person that ever saw him do anything dark side and lived was was luke <laughs> and i thought that they could have like i don't know the fact that the, the palpatine is back the dead is our speaking thing it felt like it was something that had happened before the movie started but that i kind of wanted to see i, I wanted to like find out that palpatine returned like with the resistance a little bit more i know that they they broadcast that sig they they received like a broadcast signal but um, it, it was already, like, established in the opening crawl. And I was like, I, I don't know if I, like, I feel like I'm being dunked in a little bit too much. I, let's go back and let's, I don't know. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we we did just, like I said, it was off to the races, though, where we got to see uh, the, we got to see Ray training. And they actually foreshadowed a lot of stuff very well. We got the first time where, you know, Leia tells her, don't be afraid of who you are. And... When I watched that scene, I actually had to pause and rewind. I think, uh, my theory, my, I guess, headcanon or whatever, um, I think that both Ray and Leia knew that Leia was going to die. Um, they both kind of pause, like the 100%. way that they, they pause and look at each other and then they're going to talk and then Leia says, tell, tell me when you get back. I think she knew that they weren't going to have that conversation and it wasn't it wasn't important for them to have, um, which is also kind of like what Yoda did to uh, Luke when <laughs> Luke was like, "Is Vader actually my dad?" And Yoda's like, uh, I'm, "I'm sleepy. Uh, I'm gonna die now." And you're like, "Okay, first of all, that's the best way to dodge an awkward conversation I've ever seen. Uh, just straight up die." <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I did enjoy it, and the pacing and things of the film reminds me of Solo more than anything else. Uh, it's it's just moving and moving in, in a straight line. But all right, uh, jumping on to the second act, right? So we we thought Chewie died, uh, and they move off to the next planet where you know they're going to uh, wipe C three PO. We get to meet Babu Frick. Uh, but this all the way kind of through when Leia dies is like the next section. And we will go to uh, Hannah first, I believe. Uh <laughs> yeah, um, Kajimi is, I think, so interesting to me um, because <laughs> they're there to like discover, um, I guess, the plot reason that they're on Kajimi in particular is because it's where Poe has spent so much time. And then we learn about like Poe and his backstory and like his ex-girlfriend um, and that sort of situation. And I think that it 
it was a little disappointing in that it didn't reveal more of like Poe pre-resistance. I feel like I almost wanted to see a bit more of like reverted Poe now that he's back home. Um, but uh, and then of course we have one of my favorite scenes in the movie where um, she is in Kylo's quarters and he is where she's just been on Kajimi in like that sort of stare area. And um, I love it that, that they are continuing to like establish um, that these, these objects that are getting interacted with by them are like appearing in both of their scenarios. I love the shot where it starts and he is on, you know, the um, Kajimi thing. And then as it pans, she is on the, um, the, uh, Ren's ship. What is his ship called? His destroyer. Um, I mean, previously, I believe he was on the, the finalizer. I don't know if that's... There was the finalizer and the supremacy, but I, I it, it's not important. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she she's, like, in his room, um, and, and it glides in, like, one clean shot from one to the other. And I think that the cinematography in that scene is gorgeous. And I think it is so cool how the reason that he finds her is because they accidentally bump Vader's mask and it slams onto the snow next to him. And he's like... Oh, okay. I see. Um, I I love how it's continuing to establish the thing that they already established with um, how he snatched her necklace in Pasana, how they're able to pass objects between one another, um, and how, you know, ultimately that's going to come to fruition in a beautiful way in Act 3. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I really love um, that scene in particular and that duel just because there's so much going on in it and, like, there's so much to look at and it's just so, so visually appealing to me. Yeah, definitely. And I, I forgot to mention that about the first act too, when he, when they connect and he like sneaks up and he's like, ah, gotcha. And he like grabs the necklace and that's how they find her. Uh, I thought that was, that was cool how they kind of tied those uh, together. But uh, how about you, Kev? Yeah, there's just so much going on in this film, but one of my favorite things particularly in this section was the dynamic between the team that went out. So, you know, Ray, uh, Poe and Finn and C-3PO, <laughs> poor C-3PO. My guy was all like, you didn't mention me, sir, but I'm okay. You know, like he just wanted to be, feel like a part of the team more than I think he ever has in the whole saga. And they were just like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's just wipe his mind. And I just felt like they treated him like a thing, which yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> And they played it for laughs. That was, I just, my heart broke for a droid for the first time. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not the first time for a droid. The, uh, yeah, I won't go into all the droids that, that, uh, tugged at my heartstrings, but just poor C3PO, but just the dynamic of, uh, I, I didn't love, we can, I don't know if we're going to talk about the whole spice runner thing or not. Um, he had to have some kind of, kind of shady background, I think just to be a parallel to, uh, Finn and, uh, to Ray, in terms of anybody can choose who they're going to be. You're not, well, we're going to talk themes in a moment, but um, <laughs> when he, they start going round Robin, like you were a spice runner, like you were a stormtrooper, you were a spice runner, you were a scavenger. We can do this all night. <laughs> like, I just, the, I love it. I just love the whole dynamic between the team and uh, the trust that they've got in each other. And just the, uh, just the camaraderie. We needed that. We really needed to see that again. Cause we hadn't seen that really that much of a team i think since return of the jedi in terms of timeline yeah so definitely. yeah i and i loved the back and forth 
like you were talking about with the force timing and the objects at first it was like oh how could they do that and then you know it's supposed to click that in each of these films they really did set up the next film for making that ability a thing so like yeah. with the you, you could tell they were connected in the first film and in tlj then they were uh definitely talking and at one point touched and then in this film suddenly they've expanded on that even more as their dyad grows and so i just i th thought this is cool this is new stuff it's not just regurgitated story like some people seem to think it is uh yeah it's great yeah i, I especially love because the very first time it happens um kylo ren breaks down what's happening he's like huh what's going first of all why are you here <laughs> where, where right. are you he's like he says i can i can see you but i can't see your background he's can, being can real practical see, can you see like, mine what's going on here he's, he's trying to analyze it right but yeah. then his hand is wet too because she was where it was wet and he was on that ship yeah yeah it's so super they cool that how up. they like really set up a, a lot of a lot of this stuff oh but um, they didn't plan anything no anyway we won't go there <laughs> Uh, but yeah, your thoughts on it, Sawyer? Yeah, so um, first of all, I just want to say I love 3PO in this movie. Like, yeah, it's sad that his memory is wiped, but it's such a beautiful moment that R2 always has his memory stored. So in the event that this ever happens, and I really, really liked his arc throughout this film. And I really do think that he, Anthony Daniels, Anthony Daniels, sorry, um, was at his like, best comedic uh, moments as C-3PO in this movie, um, or some of them, uh, for sure. Um, and I think we were missing that uh, in the last two films. We did get, like, I bet you didn't notice my red arm, but, um, <laughs> you know, besides that, we didn't get 3PO. And so I really, really, really loved that part of this movie. Um, was not crazy about Finn's, um, right, right, I never told you, um, that. Yeah could have just not been there i mean i think it's really cool that finn's force sensitive and if they were going to pursue that more they should have done it way before um and that was the wrong place and the wrong time uh for that to have that conversation to have happened um but on a different note ray and kylo i mean i anything that has to do with ray and kylo i love pretty much um uh but the moment when she slices his TIE fighter down is just so cool. And it just reinforces that this is not a, you know, it's not him, like, going after her. Like, no, this is very much a two-person thing. They, uh, they are, they're bonded. They, you know, and every moment of this, I would say kind of alludes to what ends up happening in the end, but, um... They really amped it up, their relate their I don't want to say relationship, but like connection and what mm -hmm. that meant for them in the force. Um, even from the beginning of the movie where his emotions are affecting her so much that she fails her training course or she almost, you know, she doesn't perform as well as she wanted to. Um, and I just that moment when she jumps on the tie, I know we'd seen it before in the trailer, but just watching that, seeing where it was placed in the movie, I just thought that was so cool. Uh, and then Kajimi, um, I really liked that whole segment. Um, we can't forget about Babu Frick, of course, he's cute and hey, silly. Hey. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I, again, Carrie Russell to me was kind of what, um, 
you know, uh, Zori was kind of a DJ character for me where she didn't need to be in the story, I don't think. But um, I didn't dislike her necessarily. And I, it was kind of, I, I did like that they gave Poe an interesting background. I don't know. I agree with Kevin that I don't know that I would have gone with the Spice Runner thing specifically. But I do think it makes sense that he maybe got into some trouble <laughs> like you know had a bad boy <laughs> phase and then went back to the resistance um um but overall i mean and and then of course we have ray starting to figure out that you know on her own with the occasional prompt from kylo of course but she's starting to figure out that this whole thing actually really does have everything to do with her whereas in the force awakens she's like this doesn't have anything to do with me i don't want no uh, but this whole movie, she's slowly picking up these hints and she's like, oh my god, I know this ship, I know this dagger, like, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> and just also, to- I wanted to say real quick on the topic of Finn being force sensitive, I didn't get that both times I saw it in the theater. I don't know if that's me being dense or what, but uh, it wasn't until J.J. Abrams came out and said it. I-, I-, I regarded it as a plot hole. I was like, why did they start this and not finish it? That's so dumb. Apparently they did, and I just I was too focused on other things. I, guess. I mean, it's it is funny because, um, but you know, as I've been like doing the podcast and going back, there's like there's so many more elements that show that he's force sensitive throughout the previous movies, but it's never the focal part apart. But like you know, when you first see him and Kylo Ren look at each other and like they're sensing something, there is something there. Um, and like when, when, uh, Starkiller base destroys the planet, Finn feels it. Like it shows Finn stop and, and look, and you're like, what is he looking at? But I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I I wouldn't have done it that way, but that's, that's perfectly okay. And also just a side topic, the aesthetic of like the red berries spilling into his white room. I just, I don't know. It was just beautiful that was really cool that whole scene is just it's, it's like the calm that's their last force bond right before he comes to find her on uh on technically Asana. i think that they're i i don't think that they're physically looking at each other um when well, he's yeah, getting beaten up by the she passes it through the force but i i think that they look at each other connect. though right so they they give each other a look that nobody else can see it's like I a, right. their last force time no, no, no. I, th- I think that that is a forced time because I think he's surrounded on all sides by the Knights of Ren and she's like facing Palpatine. So, oh, yeah. And he's I mean, way over there. So I think they are having a forced time when that happens. No, no, no. I, I just mean like face. They're literally fighting each other. Like right. the last. Until like, the end. Apart, yeah. Basically. And, and yeah, it, yeah. it's certainly the last one with Kylo Ren. Because uh, yes. the next one <laughs> with Ben Solo. So. Touche. <laughs> um, all right. And. Uh, Sorry, there's a lot of points that I do want to dig into, but we will get back to them. We just, I just want to make sure we hit all the different parts of the story first. But, um, yeah, I mean, so I I ended this uh, here on, on the second act, right? This goes all the way up until uh, Leia's death. Um, so I guess I'll also kind of do a lightning round so we can all <laughs> comment on that briefly. But I also really enjoyed... Um, their their fight you know i mean we, we get that this whole thing is starting because ray has the vision of herself and kylo ren 
on the throne, on the Sith throne that Palpatine is, is on. That happens at the very beginning of the movie. And I feel like uh, it kind of gets glossed over a lot because Anakin's fault was, you know, seeing Padme die and was motivated to do anything to prevent that from happening. Um, Rey's having a similar journey where she has this, this vision and she's doing everything she can to prevent that from happening. And she's like actually afraid of herself and everything that she's done ends up bringing her to that throne. It's uh, it's an interesting like parallel between the, the two characters, um, I think. But yeah, their, their last fight on the... <laughs> uh, your 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 TikTok, Hannah, is something I did think about. Of uh, is that a foot or a hand? Like when you watch, when you watch the scene where the wayfinder goes sliding across the floor, it looks like a foot juts out and stops it, and then wraps around it and then lifts it up. And you're like, what the hell is happening? So <laughs> it's force foot. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know, that part just always makes me happy. Um, and we also got the, the glimpse of, of Dark Ray, so that's her also feeling of what she could become. Uh, by the way, Dark Ray aesthetic is, is uh, it's on point, just, just saying. Not her bit- lightsaber is so, she, the way that she like whips it open, I, every time I watch it and there's like a tiny little beat drop when she does it, it gives me tingles. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy this act. There's just certain parts where, where if it's me, I'm maybe making their one less planet that, uh, they have to go through so that we can spend more time with the characters. Um, but that's mostly a JJ thing where a lot of times people are trying to talk and then someone runs in and interrupts it and then there's more action. And so the thing actually doesn't happen, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have that, that moment where our princess, uh, lays down and, and, and dies. And we knew that we knew it was coming. It happened. So lightning round, uh, how, how did it hit all of us? And, uh, we'll, we'll get a story first. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, we all knew it was going to happen. Um, I think they did a phenomenal job incorporating her into the story with what they had to work with. Um, I was very impressed by that. Um, and I didn't feel like it was in any way offensive to Carrie Fisher or to the character. Um, I, I don't know that I would have written it that way, um, necessarily. Um, but I do think the intent and the purpose that it served was, I hate to say correct, but like it, that was the push. I don't think there could have been a better push for Ben to come back to the light side. And I think um, kind of their interaction in The Last Jedi kind of set that up a little bit. Um, you know, his hesitance to attack when he senses her. Uh, when he feels her so um yeah no i do think it was a beautiful moment i think even more beautiful was han's the mem the memory of han he has shortly afterwards um but yeah both his parents kind of encouraging him to come back to the light side so um i i think you know obviously it was one of those things where it might not have happened had carrie fisher um not passed so unexpectedly but um, I, I, I think that 
it it served a very important and beautiful purpose yeah uh hannah uh, every time that I watch it, I just think about like what could have been. Like I, I there was a interview I believe with J.J. Abrams where they said, um, "The Force Awakens was Harrison Ford's movie, The Last Jedi was Mark Hamill's movie, Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be Carrie Fisher's movie," and that you know I just I can't help but wonder if they had an actress instead of little snippets to work with what could they have done and it yeah it it is really sad to see like that um that i guess the leia and ben thing doesn't amount to this like heartbreaking finale the way that i thought it would um but at the same time i think it does serve its purpose um it is a little confusing the first time you see it um, just a tiny, tiny bit where it's like, wait, is she doing the 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 Luke Skywalker Force projector? Is she what's 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 happening exactly here? Um, at least that's what that's what I was um, a little tripped up by in the first instant. And then right after it, Ray stabs Ben in the gut, which honestly I did not see coming whatsoever. Uh, I when she he drops the lightsaber, she grabs it and immediately stabs him. That to me is is equal dark ray to shooting Chewbacca because he is clearly given up on the fight. He's distracted by something else. She leaps at the chance to go and kill him. And she, you know, goes to kill him. And it's not until she realizes why he stopped fighting and how he's sort of rethinking his life that she regrets it. And then I think she starts to like panic and feel like, oh my God, like what have I done? Um, but I, I remember when we were watching that moment in the theater and she stabbed Ben, Sawyer said, it it, it like goes very quiet and Sawyer was like, is this how it ends? Is that it? Are you serious? It was almost two hours in at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I have no memory of this, but. Oh, you absolutely (laughs) said it. I was, and I remember specifically whispering, I was like, no, 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 it can't. They set up the healing thing. They set up the healing thing. She's going to heal him. She's going to heal him. Like, I remember that. I was like, no, wait, hold on. And she did. And I was like, woo, okay. That was a roller coaster. Um, but no, I think that it it is just, it's a total emotional roller coaster, that bit where it's like, Leia died. Wait, Ray's killing him. Wait, she's saving him. Wait, she's saying, like, there could have been something between us. And now Han is here and I'm bawling. So that that moment in the film, that like little chunk of scenes, and I think there's something that breaks up um, Kyle, or Ben and Han and um, Ray ditching him on um, the uh, ruins of the Death Star. There is a scene in between there and I can't think of what exactly it is at this moment. But that is the chunk of the movie that is hardest for me to watch because it's just so emotionally charged. Uh-huh. And... How about you, Kev? So that whole thing, uh, you know, the first time with uh, Han, we're all like, what is happening right now? And one of my first thoughts was, oh, maybe Leia is force projecting Han. So I'm thinking in my head, probably if they had had Carrie Fisher, they would have filmed her, uh, you know, talking to Ben. A lot of people talked about, you know, it would have been better to have Anakin in that scene. And while I think that it would have been really cool to have him there, but 
those of us who have been through this saga for years and have enjoyed it and to the Clone Wars and everything would have understood that. They didn't set that up at all in the trilogy, so it would have been really weird to just suddenly Anakin's Force Ghost show up and talk to Ben. Um, so I, I did love how they handled it. It's like we're actually watching someone deal with their grief and in, in real time, like like in, on camera. A lot of times, you know, characters in a movie just unless it's a psychological type thriller where you're hearing their thoughts all the time, you don't really get to see that thing sort of play out. But you can also compare it to all the times in the different temples or on Dagobah or whatever, where people see force projections like Ray, Dark Ray, not even there, um, just part in her head, part the force. But Ben had to deal with that pain in all three films. He says, I know what I have to do, but I don't have, know if I have the strength to do it. And well, in the second one, he didn't say the last part because he was so overconfident and, TLJ at that moment but here it's like he's he's so sad that his mom died and how he left his dad but the way Ray heals his face and and it's like because of Leia I know we're supposed to be talking about Leia but uh this whole thing is connected right and she legit lost the fight a lot of people miss this like yeah she stabbed him because she saw an opportunity and she just took it because she was done he was about to go in for the kill or something like it's the first time I thought oh he's actually going to kill her uh, and then he just stops because Leia had reached out. We've got Maz Kanata playing narrator for all that, which I thought was helpful. Uh, so he, she is explained to BB-8, I think, uh, you know, she knows what must be done. And that, so the, the audience can kind of follow along with it, right? So that whole thing is just an emotional roller coaster. all those things back and forth. Uh, and the symmetry of it with The Force Awakens is just incredible to me. Yeah. No, it, I, I do agree about the... Um about the Han thing, because I, I was thrown for a loop first, and my first thought did go to, like, you know, I did I did wish Anakin was here, but then, again, they, they would have had to set up a lot more, and also, this whole movie is about legacies, right? Um, and in The Last Jedi, Snoke, you know, he's doing everything he can to emulate... Uh, Vader and become the, the ultimate Skywalker but he fails and what does Snoke say you have too much of your father's heart right the thing that pulled him out wasn't the Skywalker <laughs> it was was the solo part of solo him. and so you know I, I did love seeing that the solo part his dad's heart is is what comes to him and the symmetry with uh, with the Force Awakens, I I did think that was cool. See, this is why I like talking to it because like now I'm seeing like these other things that are just like you know hammering good things uh, into. One more thing I'd like to throw in there, Brandon. Uh, so there's that part in the book where it, you know, Leia is going through. It's this part in the story where she wants to reach out one more time to try to reach Ben, and she decides that you know she's you know Leia. Uh, Organa, Skywalker, Solo. I didn't get those in the right order, but you know those three legacies. And and she then says, you know, her Skywalker legacy would go to Ray, her uh, Organa legacy to Poe, and her um, her her Solo legacy. She would try one more time to give that to Ben. And in a sense, like you know, somebody's mentioned their headcanon over here about you know maybe that's partly you know Leia's energy kind of helping to project Han in that moment. It is his Solo legacy right there. Uh, and he's starting to, and, and then he's just pure Han Solo the rest of the film, even though he doesn't say a lot, you know, he shrugs, he shoots people without looking, 
he, he totally takes on a lot of his dad's persona right there. And I just thought that was awesome. I wish we could have seen that in the film, but obviously they couldn't film her saying those things without the actress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I left uh, element seven in the chat. Uh, it said alternate ending. Uh, they just keep healing each other back and forth. <laughs> I wondered if that was going to happen. Somebody I... does an art series of that. It's called dyad doodles. And it's like a alternate universe where they, um, at the very end of The Rise of Skywalker, which she realizes he's dying, and she's like, no, I'm going to put my life force back into you, and they just have to keep their hands on each other's arm or something. Perpetual <laughs> engine, right? Perpetual it's... energy. Yeah, <laughs> perpetual motion machine. Yep. It's basically the exact opposite ending of uh, The Departed, essentially. <laughs> if you guys ever saw that movie. Anyways. Could have uh... been a ooh, what you say, you know, have that playing in the background. Uh, play it in reverse. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, my 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 scene got off, and I. <sighs> Anyways, I just I had to fix the stream, but um, yeah, I mean, so let's let's jump into that that final act though, which is after you know Ray. I feel like you guys said she she loses control of herself again when she stabs Ben and and after what she's done she's like okay I can't I can't do this I can't trust myself you know she's having this constant battle pulling yourself um, you know to the dark and I also think it kind of echoes with what was said in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda is explaining the dark side to Luke right the dark side it's like quick into a fight um and and all the stuff and it explains ray a lot um and she's like okay i just need to take myself off the off the board and runs and tries to exile herself so yeah i mean i'm doing what you did and which is exactly why luke did it because his mentors both did it anyway yeah yeah <laughs> you i mean you do you do what you learn yep <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean we, we got that all the way through the end of the film uh so what what jumps out at you guys and we'll start with uh jacob oh through the end of the film what jumps out at me the uh at that point right so much of it is well it's like all these films the third film is always the hardest to wrap up right so much going on but then you've got now the fight in the emperor's you know sith cathedral or whatever and then you've got the fight in the air and uh we were talking about zori earlier one function that zori does serve in this film is she's the first one that says there are more of us and then later on you hear lando echo that again so there's a lot of symmetry of of lines uh, throughout these films like echoes and illusions and uh, you kind of see these moments where poe is starting to build his hope back up uh, and he believes at that point partly because of her pep talk that yes, they're going to, people will come. And uh, because of Luke's sacrifice in the last Jedi, the people do come. And that moment was awesome where all those ships showed up and uh, you know, look at this. There are more of us, Poe, more of us. Just, I loved all of that. Uh, the sky beam kind of set me off. I was like, ah, I didn't need the sky beam. We've seen that, you know, suicide squad did it best. Of course, I'm joking about that, but um, <laughs> it, but then I, you know, I had to think through it. Yeah, you know, I try not to just let one thing totally ruin my movie experience, right? So uh, at the end, it didn't bother me. 
I thought, you know, how else are they going to top everything we've seen in the Skywalker saga? Like, they can't just leave on a little fizzle. Oh, the Emperor's dead. Let's all go party. You know, shawarma. That, that's not the way it's going to work out. So uh, it, they had to make it as big as they could. All the ships, you know, thousandfold, you know, increase in the military of the First Order. Uh, I think that the sky beam actually spoke to like the power of Ray and Kylo's bond that he had he had he had absorbed more than anything more than like how does he suddenly have this power it's like no he suddenly is mega charged because there mm. is something crazy going on between Ray and Kylo I don't think I ever thought of that that's good Anna I like that it's it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, like Iron Man when he got hit by Thor's lightning the first time mm. like power at four hundred percent sir how about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> did you did you have more? <laughs> Who me? Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, the ending I thought was everything about it. I thought was fantastic. I love seeing Red Five. Like that's my favorite ship in Star Wars. That particular X wing. That was it's my favorite Lego Star Wars thing that I've got. Uh, and so when they called it Red Five, like we see Red Five, Ray's alive. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, of course, now we've seen it in the Mandalorian. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yep, love it. Awesome. How about you, sir? Am I gone? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with this part for a very obvious reason. <laughs> um, I. I really do enjoy the Battle of Exegol. Um, I think that um, uh, in the sky, what we've got going on there, um, you know, it's such an incredible moment when everyone shows up to save the day or to help the resistance uh, take out all these Star Destroyers. I think it's amazing uh, and terrifying that all of the Star Destroyers have the same power that the Death Star and the Starkiller Base had. Like, that is... It makes sense to me, and it's also, like, it's just awesome. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I feel like they did a really great job setting it up so that it really seemed like things were not going to work out for the Resistance, which obviously Star Wars cannot end that way. But um, I I really did enjoy that final battle. And, of course, we have um, Rey confronting her grandfather and, you know, she has this moment where she thinks that she has no choice but to, you know, kill him and take over his mantle. Um, and, you know, at the time she's so overwhelmed with all of these emotions that she doesn't even realize that Ben's on his way. Um, and just that look on her face when she realizes that he's come to help her and that the dyad is finally together fighting on the same side, which is something that I think they've both wanted for so long. Um, it's just, it's just an awesome scene when she gives him the lightsaber and the little shrug that he does. I love me some Ben Solo. Um, but, (laughs) uh, yeah, no, I mean, and then (sighs) people have problems with the I I'm all the Jedi but I you know I do like it you know Luke tells her you know a thousand generations live in you now that is what we see we see all of these people some of whom we aren't sure are confirmed to be dead coming together you know what it kind of reminds me just a little bit of what happens in Light of the Jedi when all of the Jedi everywhere including Yoda who's galaxy or planets and planets and systems away can feel Avar Chris 
like calling upon her fellow Jedi. It kind of, it feels like that. Um, and, you know, I just think it was a really, really awesome way to, to finally get rid of Palpatine forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Ben, you know, Palpatine's like, okay, so shall fold the last Skywalker. And he gets back up and he goes to save his girl. And I, this is where my dyad and I have to disagree. I do not like that Ben died. And that's not just a selfish reason that, you know, if you know me, I love Raylo more than anything. It is like my crutch. I just, I, I'm all about the Raylo. I personally think that this story was, you know, a large part of the sequels are about this on the, the dyad, Ray and Kylo, they're both trying to find themselves. One is light, one is dark, and we've never seen anything. Well, I mean, we have, but not in canon. Um, we've never seen anything like this before. And I, I think at the end, I really do think that they deserved that happiness together. I think that ending, yeah, I guess it makes sense that the main villain has to die, you know, to sacrifice, to redeem himself, just like Vader did. He, he did finish what he started, but to me, I just feel like because, you know, there was so much emphasis on how important the dyad is and how unique and special it is and how they literally could not get to where they both needed to be without each other. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I, I felt like he, I felt like Ben deserved a second chance. Um, and then we got the very end of the film and <clears throat> I don't, I don't like that she says Ray Skywalker. I have no problems with it. You know, I accept it. That is what's canon, but it just felt like kind of forced. Like, I understand that, you know, she found her family finally, and that makes perfect sense. And it is, you know, beautiful in a sense that she was able to find it. But I just, I don't know. I I feel like she could be their family without being Ray Skywalker, like, in name. Um, and that sets her, I feel like it would have set her off on whatever her next journey is without, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it wasn't my favorite, but I won't not acknowledge it. <laughs> no, uh, totally fair. I mean, uh, where, where do you, I mean, sounds like you're in the opposite camp, uh, Hannah. So uh, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, well, first I want to talk about the I am all the Jedi thing. I like I am all the Jedi. I, you know, I like to theorize, oh, you know, in what capacity are they helping her? Are they actually like all lending a shoulder, a, a hand on her shoulder through the force? Are they just hyping her up? Is it just that she finally feels fully connected with the Jedi legacy? I think it's the latter. Um, but the part that makes me really, really interested is I am all the Sith. I think that that could be a really cool catalyst for a canon explanation for the rule of two. I think that it could be like, I, I haven't, to, to preface, I'm not like very um, versed in Darth Bane and the, the Legends explanation for the rule of two and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the, the Legends alternative is. However, in my book, 
the reason that the rule of two exists based on the the rise of skywalker is because they are genuinely passing power between one another to keep themselves at a certain level of power there if you know if there's too many of them it gets spread too thin um they're passing on like all this all this i guess sort of energy from one to another through some sort of sith thing that's i don't i don't know if that's substantiated by anything else but i would love to see that explored in acolyte i think that that could be really cool and it brings this whole new light to people like me who haven't really gotten into legends to you know why are there only two sith it's just customary like what's going on you know um i think that it expands the world in a really cool way and i would love to see the i am all the sith mentality explored um in acolyte and uh in other similar media um but moving on from that yes sawyer and i we don't disagree on a lot of star wars things we totally disagree (laughs) on ben's death could you ask for any better ending for your ship than Romeo and Juliet? Oh my god, I love it. Yes, I love- you can ask for a better ending. It's when they both live! No, but, oh, I just... Here's the thing. I'm a sucker for some angst and for some, you know, so, some some tragedy. I think it is so beautiful that he gave his entire being body and soul for her i could not ask for anything more from their connection (laughs) i genuinely fluff honestly this is my thing with like relationships in media when it's fluffy and when it's happy i simply lose interest it's why i wasn't really into um ray and finn being together there's no conflict there there's no uphill battle there's no drama in that it's their best friends and they would be dating each other and they would be a lovely healthy couple but why do i want to watch it why why do i want to watch ang and katara get together they're best friends they're a lovely happy couple i want to see her you know get with zuko like i just i have like this thing (laughs) where i always there has to be an uphill battle there has to be drama there's got to be tragedy i am a i am an absolute junkie for that kind of thing And, um, you know, I have my opinions on Romeo and Juliet. I don't think it's necessarily a love story first and foremost, but I do think that that tragedy is just beautiful and, like, iconic. (laughs) I... Uh, all right, so now I, I have to ask the, uh, the the chat, like, whose camp are you, are you guys, Team Sawyer or Team Hannah? Um, please throw throw it in the chat. I, I, it looks like Harith is, is uh, 100% on Hannah's side, but I'm I'm curious on the overall feelings of it. But also, no, you're 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 dead right. It is confirmed um, in canon that part of the reason is um, basically an 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 attempt to create a dyad, a, a dark side dyad that was never uh, really successful. I mean, it was partially successful, but it was never a true dyad like they have. So, um, personally, on I, I have to say, I, I mean, I had walked into the theater accepting that he was going to die and that this, this family, this legacy, the Skywalkers, they came from the force and they would at some point have to return to the force. Um, and I actually think it, it wraps up the stories kind of perfectly that, that he died. And (laughs) okay. So hear, hear me out, hear me out. Right. 
Ben finally got to make really the first decision ever. Because everyone has always had these expectations on him. He has all these legacies of all these different people around him. And this was the first time he really got to be Ben. And he realizes, like, you know, he he had been being manipulated. This is partly from reading the novelization of it, uh, where when Leia dies, he realizes, um, wow. I've, I've been being manipulated this whole time, you know, Snoke, you know, or Palpatine's in his head, always telling him that, you know, these, these families are, are holding him back, um, that, you know, none of them actually love him. They just have these expectations of him. And, you know, and he realizes, no, everyone really did. Like she gave her life to, to save me. And everyone is always, all these people are just giving to him. And so he finally realizes it too late because now he's alone and there's only one person that cares and she's going to die. And so he gives her, uh, you know, his, his life force instead. And so that wraps up his story and it's sad to have her go off alone. But if you are a, a sucker for the hero's journey, when she goes to Tatooine and puts the, the sabers in the ground, that is the return, right? The hero returns to... Um, now, I know she's not returning to Jakku, but it's she's returning to a desert planet. Um, she never wanted to leave. She never wanted to do anything, right? Because she wanted to wait for her, for her family. At this point, she's accepted a new family. She's still alone, but she's no longer afraid to move on. Uh, she's back where she started. She's a, in the same position, but she's what has changed. And so I kind of appreciated the symmetry of that, of a, a proper end to the hero's journey. And um, on top of that, I mean, there's there's more. I can, I can keep going, but I... Don't I, I want to say, that. though, people are really upset. I don't know if it's ironically or what, that Anakin's lightsaber got buried in sand because he doesn't like sand. One, dumb. Two, he's buried. His lightsaber <laughs> is buried next to this Shmi Skywalker, yeah. what, the person the who he cared about most in the world. I just I, I, I can't like I know that a lot of the time it's for the meme. I can't understand. I do get upset about it because Finn could have used the lightsaber at least for training purposes or whatever. But uh, then again, we actually we don't know exactly what what's the time jump here. You know, maybe maybe Finn has already created his own or whatever. But I don't. It it feels it feels like a waste. Like Luke got a gotta jump on things because he was handed Anakin's lightsaber and like that's I I hope she took the crystals (laughs) she harvested the kyber crystals and just buried the hilts because those are few and far between like (laughs) Ilum is gone you blew it up Ray so like what you know where these are a, a rare rare resource and I appreciate that there is some honor in burying this crystal that has like a connection that bonded to Anakin and was formed with him that bonded to Leia and was formed with her and you know thus laying their crystals to rest is p- putting like a little piece of their soul to rest um, but also like 
there can only be so many kyber crystals that are accessible at this point. Like, it does feel like, you know, that's a resource. <laughs> no, it's, it is, it is very true. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we do know that's not the only place you can get, in, you know, places. But Christophsis is Torched Earth, isn't it? Scorched Earth. Yes, but all the places that we have seen people get lightsaber crystals have been virgences in the force, right? So it stands to reason that maybe the virgences may, more will appear um, in, in those locations, right? Uh, like Ezra got his on Lothal in the temple, mm -hmm. which is force virgins. And, you know, you, you never know. You never know. Um, but... Jacob, your thoughts on on Ray Skywalker? I love it. I just I was so just enamored with that because I, my empathy uh, for that character, like because I'm old enough to be her dad, like I just I wanted to go rescue her from the first movie. Like we need this, you know, this girl needs a family. Like she's it was just heartbreaking to me to think about growing up with nobody and having to fight for your life. I mean, my childhood was rough enough as it was. And I had parents who loved me. Uh, so like my heart just broke for, for Ray. And then by the time it came full circle to now she has somebody like this family accepted her. So she accepts that she's accepted at this point, like with that name. Uh, but there's more to it than just her connection to the Skywalker legacy. That's a big part. I mean, that's, a lot of people in my comments are like, you know, you can't adopt adults or whatever. First of all, it's faking in space kids. But secondly, yes, you absolutely can adopt adults in at least the United States. I don't know about every country's laws, but the main purpose you would do that would be like a stepchild or, or a foster kid that you want to actually will your inheritance to. So it's a legacy thing. Uh, and and so, also, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and also that there, you know, it doesn't have to be legal. Chosen family and found family is not something that is, a, you know, a science fiction trope. If you if you doubt the importance of chosen family and like giving yourself a name that unifies you with other people who also don't have a fan uh, family, I encourage you to watch Pose. It's an amazing show. Um, it's on Netflix, um, and it's about all of these um these transgender women who have been sort of ousted from their own families and they form like houses and families and they come up with their own last names and they stick together um and it's it's absolutely beautiful and it it really i feel like that's the missing piece for a lot of people who who don't you know accept that Ray could possibly be a Skywalker yeah, is they that... Don't that trope, right? Like they need exactly to their repertoire. I think of, uh, of uh, books and movies and things that they're looking at and shows like you're talking about. So, um, so there's that part of it, but then there's also the name Skywalker is what brought hope to the whole galaxy. Like Luke Skywalker going out and sacrificing himself, you know, facing down the whole first order with a laser sword and the legend grew immediately from there. So we saw broom boy and his buddies, you know, uh, to Mary Black and others like Luke Skywalker and the, the whole legend grew. So that name is still famous throughout the galaxy. So that's another part of it, but also, and you kind of see it when Palpatine's talking about, you know, so falls the last Skywalker and she's thinking, okay, my family, my biological family has been tormenting the Skywalkers for generations since the beginning of that clan. And it's, it's a way to honor that she brought, uh, justice to to the Skywalkers by ending Palpatine and just killing off his legacy, 
And I, I think that anthropologists ought to do and sociologists ought to do a study on this generation, like how much they don't understand how family names work and everything's not about DNA. And Luke literally says, you know, Ray, some things are stronger than blood. Like all the clues are there. It's that the family you choose is more important than your just biological family. That doesn't mean your biological family is important. If you choose to stay with them, that's the family you choose. Like you get that choice as you grow up. Uh, and if uh, anyway, that whole thing. So there, there are those three reasons that I think it's just incredible that now that's her name. I also think, and like some of the people in the chat, friends of ours, uh, that maybe that's the new name for the Jedi Order going forward. Who knows? Like they just haven't explored that, but it could be the Skywalker Order, or, or yeah. because that legacy, like they're the ones. They're, there's not only were they tortured forever and tormented, but so so much tragedy. But they also are the ones that ultimately brought hope for generations too. Like part of the time, Anakin was a hero, and then at the end, he was a hero. And then Luke, and now Ray, and of course Leia. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and people I, are like, "Oh, he kissed his cousin." Like, no, actually, adopted sister. But it's not as weird as twins kissing. Okay, let's get—they're not biologically related. Sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like those are the same people that make the step, uh, step, bro, <laughs> jokes. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing, but. For for me, I I didn't I didn't like it um, when she said that at the end. I thought it was stupid until I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I, I loved that part because you know they uh, being part of the LGBTQ community." Um, I think I I butchered that. I apologize, but. <laughs> Uh, being part of that community ended up being kind of ousted from their family and had to do the same thing had had found family and felt that was really powerful and i'm like oh huh my life circumstances have never put me in a place where this would mean something to me so that's why i didn't pick up on it but uh the fact that it can mean so much to other people is is beautiful and i appreciate that that's getting some some light there's a lot of things that you never think about because it's nothing related to you i've talked to a lot of people who are adopted or have adopted and they everybody so far that i've talked to in that situation absolutely loved it and then some have told me that as far back as Leia, that they've had a hero in Star Wars since the first film. Well, not since the first film, I guess since uh, Return of the Jedi, when they learned that, oh, she was adopted by the Organas. And then, you know, so now there's this major hero in the Star Wars franchise that adopted people identify with. That never occurred to me because that wasn't my story. But now that I hear other people's stories, that's why I think it's so important to listen to other people as you go through life. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, and I also agree with what you said earlier, where I think the most important reason for it is bringing hope to the galaxy. You know, that's Luke, you know, Luke's sacrifice in The Last Jedi is what made the difference. You know, in The Last Jedi, no ships showed up because there was no hope. No one had hope in the galaxy. Luke brought that back. We see the little kids who even say Luke Skywalker. Um to know that you are being protected by another Skywalker is going to be really helpful for the galaxy moving forward. So I know I, I really, I grew to appreciate it, even though it's still 
still not quite my my favorite thing um but yeah okay so we kind of ran through the whole through the whole film uh let me see where we are with time all right so let's uh let's go to where we're we are going to talk about you know the themes the themes of the film um and I'm, I'm curious what you guys uh come up with and i'm sorry jacob since you your camera turned off it shifted these around so my order's messed up so i i'll just start with you <laughs> uh sorry i was typing the chat start with me what was the premise Oh yeah, I mean, so we'll talk about like let's let's talk about the overall themes of the film. Overall themes, yeah. Uh, so a lot of it, of course, is tied up into the themes of the characters, right? Uh, particularly Ray and Ben. Uh, but in this film, so many of the characters. Uh, I'll, I'll step back one one film. Last Jedi, everybody failed. That's the theme. Everybody sucks at what they do. They failed, and they're supposed to learn from it. Uh, you know, every single major character failed. Even Leia failed because she gave up hope at the end. And Leia is hope. Like, that's her one word in Rogue One. I mean, she she's hope. But in The Last Jedi, she gave up. She said there's no more hope in the galaxy. So that's that film. This film, it's, okay, I had this whatever happened in my past that's trying to tell me to be this person. And screw that. I can be who I want to be. I can be who I think is the most important person to be even Ben, because Ben, his whole life, all these different people have been saying, you know, this is who you are. This is your legacy. And he just felt like completely weighed down by that legacy. Uh, Ray, as she's learning, Oh, I'm nobody. Oh, actually, but here's why I'm nobody. And am I going to be tied to this? Uh, You know, Poe with the spice runner thing again, it could have been something else, but uh, you know, Finn as a stormtrooper, they all chose to be different people than who the universe seemed to be forcing upon them to be. And I love that. I love that they chose their destiny. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. And that's the same thing with Luke as well. I mean, even Luke's mentors were like, uh, we got, we need you to kill that guy. And then and didn't even tell him who he was to him. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's why Yoda wanted to die from embarrassment. He's like, uh, the guy I was going to kill turned out to be my dad. So what's up with that? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, sleep, forever sleep. <laughs> um, uh, story of themes. Goodness. Um, that's a tough question. I feel like this is, I feel like I'm in a literature class and I have nothing good to contribute. <laughs> um, gosh, um. I mean, I think found family is a huge theme here. Um, and I mean, we've already done a lot of talking about that already, but um, I, I think this was, sorry, boys, this was Ray's story. <laughs> um, and, you know, from the beginning, she is just trying to find her place in all this. And by the very end, she finally has her place and she had to go through all of these things as a hero does but you know it's so much of her journey was thinking she found an answer and then only finding out that that wasn't true and even when she found out the true answer which was who she was related to that wasn't the answer either she had to go all the way to exegol and defeat palpatine and you know to realize that she's ray and her family um, was right there beside her all along. 
Um, gosh. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I also think eh, at the same time, it's very much Ben's story as well. And I think he kind of experiences a certain level of found family too. He just has a different way to get there because he's been trying to, he thinks he knows the answer and has for the entire time until that moment on uh, Kafbur where, um, you know, Leia has just passed and he realizes that he's, you know, been away from his true family for all this time. Um, yeah, um, and gosh, I feel like I should say something really intelligent. It's not coming. <laughs> no worries. Uh, we can always we can always go come back too. Like it's it's not a one and done. You know we can. We're we're, we're talking. We're we're vibing, and I'm sure more will come up. But uh, you know you also I know you're saving some of the good stuff because we're gonna talk uh, Ray and Ben next. So yeah. Um, <laughs> how about uh, how about you on the on the themes, Hannah? Yeah, I think that the same thing that that Jake have said. Um, that it's it's really it's about choice and autonomy um to me i think that that is the best possible um theme that they could have finished their uh their saga on because i think that what star wars does is it gives you all of these stories and all of these messages and all of these people and their journeys and the rise of skywalker lays them all out and then puts in the theme okay what are you going to do with this you know, like, it's up to you now. It's in your hands now. You are the, I mean, I know that people are going to be mad if I say this. Ray is the catalyst for you in this story. She is the surrogate for the audience. She is you. You are being given, you know, all of these stories, all of, the, all of these legacies, all of these things to live by. What are you going to do with it? What is Ray going to do with it? You can be a Skywalker too. What are you going to do with that? Um, and it, it really, it, it places the power back in the hands of the audience. And it, 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 it puts forth this message of like, you can choose to be what you were born as. That's fine. Like in terms of your path in life, you can choose to be something completely different. Um, maybe that, that choice is going to be a bad one. Maybe that choice is going to be a, a good one. You have to figure it out. And I think that that mm-hmm. is really... It's a lot of what Star Wars is about because, you know, the dark side is a choice. The um, remaining on the light side is also a choice. I feel like that is just, it's an overarching theme. And I think that The Rise of Skywalker really nicely brings it to a head in those like very tangible ways of, is Ben going to choose to redeem himself or is he going to, you know, free of influence now? Is he going to be Ben or is he going to be Kylo? Rey, is she going to choose this like, family that she's been aching for or is she going to choose to forge her own path and everyone essentially chooses to shed those like influences on them that they've had for so long um ray the influence of i need a family to matter and ben the influence of of snow palpatine being in his head um and they they I, I think that um, that actually is really nicely encapsulated by the um, the Legion of Stormtroopers on the, uh, you know, that assists them getting to the wreckage of the Death Star and Janna and how those were stormtroopers and they all made a choice and they decided that they were going to lay down their weapons and not fight. I think that it really is an, a, a very lovely thread that goes throughout the movie. Um, 
and and it it, it all harkens back to like what Leia says to Ray, which is never be afraid of who you are, and that you, you, like who you are, I suppose, could mean who you have been or um, who you are intrinsically. Any of those things, you take it and you do what you will with it. But you know, it's up to you ultimately. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch this and listen to that again because that was cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So we are going to jump into uh, Ray and Ben's journey throughout all of this. Um, but real quick, I did want to address, because there's a lot of misconceptions that I see happening all the time in the community, especially um, in regard to the sequel trilogy and this movie in particular. And uh, again, just you know, reframing it is, yeah, this is my, my least favorite of the film. That's kind of why we're talking about it, to kind of bring up some of the stuff. Um, but you know, things like, uh, for instance, the force, the force healing, there's a common misconception of, you know, oh, this is breaking star Wars because then Anakin could have force healed Padme. Right. Um, but it, it, it doesn't for quite a few reasons. One, the ancient texts that Ray learned this from the Jedi didn't have them just because, it is a force power doesn't mean everyone knows it or has access to it um they physically didn't have the book but even if he did know it uh a wouldn't have saved padme um padme had nothing physically wrong with her when she died uh so force healing or giving what ray does is give a little bit of her life force it's not gonna do anything to that not if she's lost the will to live uh additionally anakin wasn't trying to learn force healing that was never a thing like if it was about healing then they could have stocked up on bacta or whatever like there are <laughs> there are healers and things so like that's that's something that i see um that's something that i see all, all the time and uh i just mention it because i was seeing some of it pop up in, in the chat i want to make sure you guys know uh, yeah i am reading the chat and i do appreciate uh, appreciate it so it's and it's cool because we we stand people of you know however much you like certain things or dislike things it's all welcome my goal here is to actually explain actually explain these things um i kind of missed <laughs> some of the other ones but uh also, you know, it's, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, this is like female empowerment and A, why, why shouldn't we empower females? That's my, my first question. <laughs> but more than that, at no point at any part of this trilogy, does any woman put down a man for being a man? Um, that, that never happens. Um, at no point is someone's gender really brought up or, or relevant in any context in any of these films. So I, it feels weird when I hear things like that. You know, you even have a conflict with like with Poe and, and Holdo, right? Now, if Holdo had said something like, never send a man to do a woman's job or whatever, like, yeah, that'd be irritating. But um, yeah. it just it just doesn't happen. You know, they just exist and women can be heroes too that's why absolutely i, I stand jana solo forever she is my queen she is wonderful um 
And, uh, all right. So, anyways, moving forward. Got Ray and Ben's overall journey. Uh, and so I'm just, I, I apologize. I am going to throw them together so you guys can talk about both. But mostly because it's so, they're so intertwined mm-hmm. uh, as mm-hmm. they have very opposite sides taking this journey and end up in the same place largely. Uh, Soria, what, what, what do you got? A lot. Um, I mean, some of the criticisms about, you know, so often I hear that their kiss at the end was, you know, it felt forced, it didn't make any sense, you know, a lot of people like to push, well, they were, it was just gratitude, that's what it says in the novelization, but I don't know, man, I don't kiss my pizza delivery guy. I mean, I do. Is that not how <laughs> you tip? Is that... Um, but no, I mean, like, I, to me, and I'm not, yeah, I do speak from a place of bias because I wanted that to be, I wanted that to come to fruition. I wanted them to be in love with each other, but there is a reason that I wanted that. I do think that the films set it up for that to be their ending. Now, again, I don't like that he died. They should be together forever, whatever, but... Together forever. Sorry, <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I think from the very beginning, like, these seeds are planted, and yeah, I do think that if there had been a little bit more collaboration on the writing front for the three films, it would have been a slightly smoother flow to that direction, but I really do think that it was always JJ and Ryan's intention for Ray and Ben to be together, because they quite literally their souls are intertwined and that's a unique relationship that we haven't seen before um and it we need some kind of romance happening at star wars you know <laughs> um and i don't care what anybody says the last jedi has those elements it's always like the middle movie is like the romantic one it has those elements and even mark hamill said something about it being the most sensual Star Wars film or something. Um, but no, I mean, I I could not be happier with this, the way that this relationship was built and all credit to Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver for the dedication they put into these characters, especially Adam, because I, I do say this a lot of the time. I think that Kylo Ren would have been the worst character in Star Wars if Adam Driver hadn't played him. He added so much like beautiful nuance to Ben and did such a great job of telling his story um, in every look, every, you know, nod of his head, every change in intonation. Um, And, you know, it's, he never ever wanted to hurt Ray. He did, he says in this movie, I never lied to you. He never lied to her. He never, you know, he, he really never, he didn't hurt her. I guess he threw her against the tree when they were fighting as protagonist and antagonist. But for the most part, he thought what he was doing throughout these three movies was, you know, helping her so that they could be together. Was he really bad at it? Yes. But his intention was never to harm her in any way. And I think it's so clear, especially with Ben, just how much he cares for her. Um, and it's just a, not good at showing it. Um, and then we have Ray, who so, you know, her this entire series, she is looking for, you know, she wants someone to understand her. She wants someone to, you know, 
connect with her. Yeah, she's looking for her family, but the one consistent thing that she has in these three movies is Ben, and she doesn't like it very much some of the time. But especially in The Last Jedi, you know, you you see her realize that he really does know her better than anyone else. And, you know, we see her get really irritated, but then kind of be grateful for it. Because she's not alone anymore. Neither of them are. Which is the point of The Last Jedi. And then, you know, they take that away. But, um, I don't know. It, it, it always made sense to me. And at the end of the day because there was not such a nice fluidity to the films as there could have been i I wasn't sure how it was going to end up in the rise of skywalker i was not expecting them to kiss or you know do anything more than like maybe hug each other i mean the redemption arc was pretty obvious to me but um i wasn't expecting what i got and i was pretty satisfied with the up until he died um (laughs) (laughs) um but and i will die on this hill there are so many people who have analyzed this scene over and over and over again play it backwards that scene was shot with him getting up not falling down like that was there was there is another ending that they shot i am fully convinced of this and i'm i will never not be upset about it um (laughs) but uh, either way fine they had their romeo and juliet moment but I I really I I who doesn't love an enemies to lovers trope? I mean, come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> Zutara, anybody? I think some. I think Brooke mentioned it earlier. Um, but I don't know. I I I really to me, it's the most beautiful love story. Even if it's not, even if you don't see it that way, you know, then it's a different kind of love. It's an appreciation for each other, and I think that Daisy and Adam did such a fantastic job, you know, supporting that narrative. And both of their performances were just, just, yeah, they're really totally stellar. Also, uh, for anyone, I don't think, I I feel like your entire chat right now is like, boo, Raylo. Um, But um, apparently recently there was talk of Ray, you know, some people think she's saying something uh, at that moment where, you know, right after they kiss, and apparently what Daisy was saying was, no, Ben, no, 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 no. And, and that's really sad. Um, so I hope that that makes you sad. <laughs> why, why you gotta do that to me? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, I, I like how you bring it up because um, people who say that, you know, Raylo is, is toxic or anything like that is kind of missing the mark because um you know when a when you're enemies you're your enemies uh i've uh i even had that with a, a former girlfriend where we were enemies first um i'm not gonna hold her accountable for us not liking each other when we first met that'd be weird but um more more than that uh and the novelization puts it beautifully that she will forever mourn ben never kylo ren she doesn't she hates kylo ren but she will she cares for for ben solo and seeing that at the very end that was ben that was that was different so i I think that was interesting but um hannah uh their their journeys yes i in terms of their joint journey oh my god 
joint journey. I do wish that we had seen them together a little bit more before he died. Um, and I wish that we had had bare minimum a few lines between them with him as Ben. They could have chatted while he was sitting there. Um, but you know, I, I, I do really love um, their separate arcs as well. I think that, you know, they're, they're just as strong together as they are separately, I think, um, because Ben's journey here, it does have a lot to do with Ray, but it also has a lot to do with himself and him sort of finding himself um, because he, I don't think he would have found himself um, if not for Ray being a catalyst for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he is struggling with um, Han's death even before Ray is really um, part of his life before the force bond solidifies and before their minds are actually bridged for the first time. Um, I do believe that he has enough going for him to have been a cool character, even without this phenomenal bond that we have between them. Um, and in terms of Ray, I think that having that relationship with the villain makes her a th or and anti-villain makes her a thousand times more interesting makes her story so much more interesting there's so many more layers to it but that being said that's not the only thing that's interesting about her you know she really is i would say consistently struggling with the these like dark and light halves of her in the way that you know every star wars protagonist is expected to but she brings her own sort of twist to it um she has her own way of of handling these things she has her own way of of um handling her abandonment issues um and it's just she grows from like this unwilling to let anyone in she will not actually sorry side note i was gonna say she, she goes from you know not even letting finn like physically close to her and when he tries to grab her hand she's like absolutely don't touch me um she if she was not attracted to Ben, she's not the kind of person who would just kiss someone for for kicks. She, you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't let Finn touch her for a long time. If she had any animosity towards him and it, you know, she, she might have hugged him if if it was unromantic, but she definitely would not have kissed him. She is not a touchy person. Um she'd be like Anyway. Okay, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um uh no she she goes from like this very closed off person who's not willing to really let many people in um to this sort of openness to the future and you know finding her place finding her family which i think is really beautiful ben goes from this person who's trying so so hard to be um what i believe he thinks is a hero um you know adam driver described him as like a religious zealot he is doing what he thinks is right he is doing what he thinks he is meant to um to somebody who is learning to break free from the chains of expecta expectation on both ends of the spectrum and make decisions for himself. Um, I think that they both change so much as characters and it it really does frustrate me when people say that Rey is not a dynamic character because the girl at the end is absolutely not the same as, as the girl at the beginning. It, it is, I think that she is characterized wildly differently she is much more open and honest about her emotions um, in Rise of Skywalker. Um, she confesses to Finn that she feels like 
though she's found a family, maybe they don't understand her. If that were happening in The Force Awakens, she would have just been like, nothing, go away. And, you know, sat down and like brooded about it. I just I, I think that there is so much in terms of like who they are as people that changes. And even though we don't get a ton of shift in like where they are, I guess, physically, I mean, obviously they're jumping across the galaxy but like in terms of she never goes I, there are there are i guess reasons why, why people say that she doesn't change personally i don't i don't i can't name them off the top of my head because it doesn't make that much sense to me but um you know she she yeah she doesn't have i guess the same degree of demeanor shift as like luke does from you know whiny kid and a new hope to like this very calm, cool, and collected guy confronting and staring down um, Jabba the Hutt. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's so much that's happening with her internally that differs from the beginning to the end. And I, I really think that it's it's very well executed. Yeah, and I, I like that. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, because Luke did go from this this whiny kid and, and his demeanor changed in the last film. What's funny is his change doesn't happen in any of the films. He, he just shows up and he's different. Um, so I've, I, I've always kind of thought that was funny. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I actually had someone mention, you know, they didn't like Rey because she doesn't have a, a character arc or character growth. And I was like, well, I mean, she, she does change. She doesn't ever want to leave the home like the same... She's not the same person at the end of the movie as she is in the beginning. And not only that, but her her goals have changed. Her wants have changed. Um, her life trajectory has changed. Like, everything... So, so what? what is the same? I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything that's the same personally, although she does wear similar clothing still. Um <laughs> But... She slides on the little sled down the sand hill. That's the same. <laughs> she keeps the same hairdo, which I think is kind of... I, I have mixed feelings about that because I know that the reason she was keeping that hairdo um, in the first place was like, I want to hang on to who I was as a little kid so my parents can still find me. I want to remain recognizable so that my parents will come back. Um, personally, I think she could have like let her hair down. I know that it's like part of her identity and... <laughs> It, it was probably important to the costume designers to maintain that identity and that, like, she's still that girl from Jakku. It's just, she's different now. But I think that they could have done something different with her character, with her um, uh, costume and, and hair design. I mean, because... it's not exactly the same. Okay, there are well. some significant differences. But stylistically. The first one and the third one. Okay, but stylistically, <laughs> they're visually very similar. Similar. And I, I, I do wish that um, maybe we it, it would have aided in those things, um, those those notions that maybe she didn't change as much if they had visually represented it a bit more the way that they did with Luke, mm. for example, and Anakin, who has wildly different hair in every film. Um, like there, there were these um, concept arts of her wearing like this black jumpsuit, jumpsuit and like this long braid. And I don't think that's her at all. But like, I feel like they, they could have represented it physically a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't be fooled by the lightsaber I use. I'm still, I'm still Ray from Jakku. Uh, we could, I might write a song about that. Anyway, <laughs> how about your your thoughts on their uh, character journeys, uh, Kev? Well, I have no opinion on the hair. Um, it's just not one of my uh, 
expertise areas. Um, the overall That's journey, surprising because your hair is beautiful. Look at it. Well, I appreciate that. I need a haircut. I've had one through the whole COVID thing, and I need to go back desperately. Um, <laughs> so I love their journey. Like, But I didn't love it until The Rise of Skywalker, until this film. When I first watched The Force Awakens, I thought, oh, okay, here's an interesting, you know, very nostalgic leaning into that film. It didn't seem very deep on detail and plot to me. I didn't, you know, hate it. I actually, I liked it. I thought, oh, this is fun, but where is it going to go? Then The Last Jedi, I just loved it. I, I didn't like Kylo Ren in the first film. I was like, oh, here's this, you know, whiny, like dark version of what Anakin, you know, kind of tried to be like, he's trying so hard to be like Anakin. He doesn't even know the guy. Uh, he just seemed annoying. But as the characters grew, I grew to appreciate and love them more. And their, their character arcs were so clear to me as they went through from film to film. Now, part of that, um, I, I don't ever try to act like there's any more value to me being a fan because I'm older and I've been doing this longer. But sometimes I have some perspective that you can't have at a much younger age. And part of that is I've spent decades now trying to improve myself and grow my own character, have my own character arc in Hero's Journey. So when I see them go toward the end of the film, I look back at the films and I think that was an incredible journey that they've gone on. And suddenly both Ben and Ray, Ray in particular, that like Ray Skywalker now that she's called that wasn't my favorite character until the end of the rise of Skywalker. Like I just, it was always going to be Luke, but in that film, suddenly like her arc just meant so much to me. Now Ben's is flipped from Vader, right? Or I should say Ben and Anakin, like Anakin, when he becomes Vader, he's just done. He's Vader period. And he slowly starts to come toward the light. Ben was conflicted from the beginning and started going the other way until he died as Kylo Ren. And then, was brought back resurrected by Ray as Ben. And then his transformation was a lot longer than what we got with Anakin. Cause Anakin was like, no, yeet. And that was his, uh, <laughs> that was the, the amount of time we got for his redemption arc. I'm not discounting it because I grew up with it and I've always loved it. I think it's powerful, but we got to see that in Ben more. He got no more lines. He got the exact same number of lines, except, you know, at least Anakin could talk afterward. Right. Uh, tell your sister you were right. But I would have loved that too. Like, I think one of you mentioned that a few lines there, but uh, I just, their story to me, it's amazing. I could talk for hours and I won't uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I, I just love the transformation and the two. Now, the one thing that Ray keeps from the beginning is she's still, well, actually back again, this chipper sort of uh, just scrappy, like confident woman person. Uh, it's not about her gender. It's uh, this kid from Jakku who can fix things and can do things and, and isn't at all like feeling like she's just going to stop because somebody tells her to stop. A lot of people didn't like Ray. They said she's too perfect. She's too good. The same things they said about Captain America in the MCU, like, oh, uh, you know, nobody's that good all the time. I don't know that. It, I like what he said to Tony. It's like, it's not that I don't have a dark side. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> that was, of course, prelude to Civil War. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can relate to Ray. Like Ray is one of the characters I relate to the most personally. And again, it has nothing to do with gender, obviously, but the fact that she wanted to try to do the best that she could. And then she ran away at one point. I mean, this is why I also relate to old Luke. 
because of some of the, the transformation he went through in The Last Jedi. Like when you younger folks uh, go through life and you fail and you want to run away, some you're going to understand Luke a whole lot more than you do now. And uh, some of you already appreciate him, but some of you may appreciate him more is all I'm saying in, in the future. So I, that's I, Ray Skywalker is all the Jedi. I'll turn it over to you. Brandon. <laughs> awesome. No, I, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Um, so uh, now I guess, you know, the next question is overall, like how does, how does this fit as the end of a trilogy? How does this fit as the, the end of a saga? Um, uh, unpopular opinion my um <clears throat> during my rewatches because uh, i i know people i've had some people say that you know it was jarring because yeah, there was multiple directors and and all this stuff um during my rewatches i feel like this is actually the most cohesive as as a trilogy i i think that uh um in the prequels, the Phantom Menace is very much an outlier. Um, we don't even the, the main character is not most who's I mean who is the main character uh, in that in that film, <laughs> um, but you know that's very much an, an outlier. And as much as I love uh, Return of the Jedi, it's my number three. Did I? I didn't even tell you my my top three rankings: uh, The Last Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Um, but Return of the Jedi is also kind of uh, jarring because, like I said, Luke comes back a, a different person, um, and there's all this growth and things that happen off screen. Uh, in this trilogy, we see all the things that happen on screen, so that's been that's just really interesting. So yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on it as the end of a trilogy, as the the end of the saga. Um, yeah, I mean, what what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, was go to uh hannah um i think that some people are not so thrilled that it seems to be like disconnected from the um the past the first six movies in that um i i that that's what happens when you got all new characters I, there are like legacy characters obviously you know ben um for example but people people seem to think that like Oh, it's just so like the the story was meant to end with Vader. Why are we here? And you know that's not how universes work. Of, of course, life is going to go on after Vader's death. If you're watching it for Vader's story, fine. Stop watching after after um, Episode Six. But if you're if you're watching for Star Wars, it does still continue on very much so. And I think that um, there is an homage paid to to Vader and Anakin's story. Uh, like Jacob just just said. He is, you know, very much a mirror image almost of, of Ben. And I I think that um, his redemption um, happens, like, re in reverse to Anakin's fall to the dark side. I think that this is like if you played, um, this movie is like if you played uh, episode three backwards. Um, where it's, it's as though um, he starts off the masked badass in this film in particular... Um, and then he, because of like the people who he has these connections to, he begins to sort of be pulled from that um, within a, a couple sharp tugs in a row, I would say, in a very short span of time. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it begins 
further back than that. It does begin, I think, um, with, uh, with Rey in The Last Jedi um, and how their mutual understanding of one another. He thinks that he is seducing her to the dark side, but I think she is sort of bringing him a little bit to the light there. Um, but I, that, that's not really what the movie is about. But I think in terms of his journey, it really is like he wants power. He starts off wanting, wanting power um, until he realizes that he can have love. And in, on Anakin's side of the coin, it's he... <laughs> Sawyer's laughing because I made this um, this edit of uh, in like 2016 of screen caps of um, of Anakin's fall to the dark side and um, Ben's predicted redemption because it was only after the Force Awakens. Um, I was I was I was looking a couple years ahead of time, but um, and, and it said uh, on Anakin's side. Um, he loved the girl until he wanted the power. And on Ben's side, it said he wanted the power until he loved the girl. And it went like kind of viral and it resurfaces every couple of years, <laughs> every time there's Raylo discourse. Um, but, uh, and that, that was before I was even doing content creation. I just made a stupid little edit and popped it onto Tumblr and then everyone reposted it without my, without, like my watermark sort of cropped out. Um, but uh, anyway... Um, I really do feel that way still. I, I was hoping for that to happen. And then I really do feel like it panned out that his connections, his love for people is what brought him back to the light. And that is sort of what happened with Vader as well. How um, his connection to Luke and his, you know, his, his emotions towards Luke and his attachments to Luke are what brought him back to the light. Um, but I think it's just particularly because people like to, close the sequels and the prequels in opposition that's how I, I i like to like draw that line almost um so i think that that there is an homage being played to to anakin's story very much so in these movies and i think that ben does tie it all together yeah absolutely um i mean i i actually would very much love uh a, a, maybe a comic or a book or something like that that talks about the entire trilogy but specifically from ben's perspective what's happening behind the scenes what is being said to him you know from snoke and all these things and Um, even more than like rise of kylo ren i want to see like more of his childhood and and you know his his fall a little bit more i want to see him and grogu have a play date that needs to happen (laughs) i'm just saying uh but yeah i mean how about how about you kev um so one thing I think it's important for people to understand, particularly with Star Wars, it created the whole trilogy idea from the beginning because George Lucas sat down and wrote one film and it was too long to make one film. So he broke it into three acts and that's how we got episodes four, five, and six. So yes, there are usually clear three acts or you know whatever in, within these films. The Phantom Menace, people think I'm uh, knocking it when I say there's no clear protagonist or antagonist. I know the bigger arching story, and I know that it's building to something. So it's it's just the first act of a trilogy. So in this trilogy, each of these films have a different function. I think what you were saying, Brandon, about how we're actually seeing the journey growth, uh, the, the actual character growth of these, is partly because there's only about a year that takes place between the three films, as opposed to, you know, here's three years, here's two years, here's 10 years for Anakin, you know, all the training that's off screen. I would have loved to have seen Anakin, you know, do some training, at least some flashbacks or something. So we had this with this trilogy, 
Uh, I, I've never once thought, man, this trilogy doesn't fit together very well. As I'm watching it, like everything builds on the things before it. And I, the whole idea of, oh, well, they had two directors, so that's bad. Okay, the original trilogy had three directors. The Mandalorians had eight. So is it the directors or is it something else, right? So that's really not the issue. They didn't retcon everything. To me, each of the things in the film, they say, oh, well, that didn't, that, you know, that was changed in this film because of that film. No, your understanding of it is what was supposed to change. Uh, but this always happens. Like the whole reason we have the line, you know, you're going to find that a, many of the things that we cling to many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. That was just so that we can understand that, yep, that's your dad and that's your sister, right? Like <laughs> uh, we decided that late in the trilogy, but, and that's fine. We love the story. The same thing is going to be with this trilogy. I, I love the ending. I don't think they could have done it better unless Carrie Fisher had still been alive. Um, I love what we got and I, I love how they paid tribute to her in that. So I think it functions about as well. I mean, I'm going to give them a lot of grace again because of Carrie Fisher and because the third movie is always the hardest yeah. and a lot of trilogies out there, their third movies kind of, but not star Wars to me. Looking I love at you X-Men, the last stand. <laughs> I, am I the only one that liked that movie? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's because I'm not a true fan, I guess, but all right, let's, let's, I'll pass to the next person. Uh, yeah. I mean, last, but certainly not least we have Sawyer. Um, thoughts on this as the end of the trilogy slash end of the saga so I kind of like half agree and half disagree with you Chaco about like the three directors thing I mean since the first trilogy we've had different directors it's the writing where I get a little bit iffy um, I, I think they did the best they could with what they had I do tend to say like if Ryan and, and JJ had been like a team for the every single movie I think it would have flowed it flowed much better mm -hmm. but the opposite side of that coin is the original script for Duel of Fates or whatever would have messed this trilogy up so much more and you've got all of these people saying oh my god, you know, that would have been so much cooler, like, blah, 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 blah. No, it would have messed things up so much more. Having random, like, non-force-sensitive people on Mortis and, like, General Hux, like, committing seppuku, like, what is I that? think that, that kind of <laughs> lightsaber suicide General Hux is kind of a striking image. And, and, then, and then R2 exploding, it just sounded so dark and so... I'm not gonna lie. It sounds like an awesome movie, but not as a finale to this trilogy. Like, I'm sorry, but really just think about that for a second and tell me that that matches up better with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi than The Rise of Skywalker did. No, no way. Um, <laughs> so I am satisfied. And like I said at the beginning of this conversation, there was absolutely no way not even george lucas could have finished this trilogy perfectly because when you create a fandom that has lasted you know over half a century now and you have that many people looking up to these characters interpreting things the way they want and you know falling in love with this universe and these characters you cannot please everybody so no matter who did the last film 
or the last trilogy or just finished the Skywalker saga, some people were going to be upset. And I feel like so many people did not consider that because they wanted their perfect movie. It was never going to be a perfect finale, but I do think it was the right and the perfect ending to this trilogy with what they had. They had a lot of setbacks. They had the original director who would have written a story that would have not made any sense, you know, <laughs> I back out. And then they had, you know, Carrie Fisher unexpectedly passed away. And, you know, we had all these things that, you know, the other trilogies didn't have to deal with. And when you have all these factors in, you know, it, it, there's, there was just absolutely no way that this was going to be a perfect end. But it does make sense to me, especially after joining the TikTok community and listening to you um, and Element 7 explain this stuff. It makes sense. It makes it, there could not have been another villain. It had to be Palpatine. If we're gonna fin, if we're gonna carry this through and have it be the Skywalker saga, it had to be Palpatine. It makes perfect sense, and I I don't think that Ray being related to him messed anything up. I don't think that you know yeah there are issues with it finn was misused rose was a throwaway character there are there are issues with these movies but i really you know every time i watch the rise of skywalker in particular i always you know think back to why so many people hate it and i assume that i'm going to not like it anymore after i watch it but every time i watch it i still have that same feeling like wow i love this movie and it means a lot to me and i think that you know, a lot of people who aren't as welcoming and appreciative as uh, of the sequels should at least acknowledge that it just, there was no, like, <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee you that every single Star Wars fan has a slightly different version of what their perfect Skywalker ending is. Mm -hmm. And... You know, this was not Anakin's story anymore. He finished his story in Return of the Jedi because they never said he was going to restore balance forever. That was not a thing. So it, it this was Rey's story, but it was the Skywalker story. And I think that it honored that. And I think that, you know, I, I've been saying for a while, I'm sick of the Skywalkers, but I think that this <laughs> ended in a great way and i'm not upset with it and i never was upset with it yeah no i i, I like that a, a lot um yeah i mean i because I, I do see complaints of people feeling like you know they really liked legends and so it was so they don't like this because it's not legends um and i, I just it's it's not valid that's like it's like someone it's like your friend cooks you spaghetti and says do you like it and then you're like i wanted a hamburger I'm like okay but but how is the spaghetti it's not a hamburger so i hate it and you're like that's not how that works <laughs> um but as a I, I i do agree with you though so, sawyer though as as a trilogy I, I do think that Rise of Skywalker um, could have been written differently to to match the flow. Um, my big my big problem with it uh, really is that it feels like it feels like they they bent to the pressure 
from um, from a lot of the I guess the, the more toxic side of the community where you know people uh, hated Finn you know Finn got so much hate with the announcement I was I, I was like, uh, it made me really sad and uncomfortable with the stuff that was being said. But, you know, I, I feel like him being sidelined is, is partially a result of that. I feel strongly that Kelly Marie Tran being sidelined was also from that. Um, and there's just, you know, certain, th I, I would, I think um, Ray being a blood relative of Palpatine, came because of people complaining that they thought she was too powerful which is super weird because she didn't actually do much um <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of how i feel ab about it um as a trilogy however the character's journey and the character's arcs with the exception of you know truly of, of finn in the final movie makes sense um and i like I, I just I can't agree with people who think this was this retconned the Last Jedi in really any way. Like we, we got new information, but when I look at you know Poe's journey from being this this hothead to him thinking more clearly and thinking about others and being an actual military leader, um, he continued on that on that journey you know ray continued on her journey that was established there especially luke luke took to lessons the you know what he took at the end and saved the galaxy and he was still that it would be weird if he reverted afterwards um so yeah i mean i feel like as a a trilogy it could have wrapped a little bit better but um as an end to the saga i actually like it a lot because this movie tackles what does it I mean this this trilogy tackles what does it mean to be a Skywalker what does it mean to, to be a hero um, you know if I, I know Anakin wasn't mentioned by name in the film uh, but I don't feel it would have made sense to have mentioned him by name this is the shadow of Vader Vader is mentioned in every single one of these films mm -hmm. and spoiler Vader is Anakin, uh, but the Vader's impact on the I galaxy. yell that at every Star Wars film when it comes out. I'm like, Anakin, you know, Darth Vader's Luke's father. Like since <laughs> about nineteen, well, since the the first uh, prequel came out, and uh, I don't know, I just like being like that. Spoiler. Um, There's one more thing I want to add, Brandon, about the their characters. Um, Ray and Ben both had these visions of what was going to happen, and they both seemed like they were getting frustrated. He's like you're going to turn. She's like, no, you're going to turn. It's like Spider-Man pointing at each other. You're right. But at the end, they were both right. They only saw the picture partially. Mm -hmm. And I think that also is a part of their whole intertwined journey together. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> I mean, and it also kind of makes me think about how, um, uh, man, I had, I had a thing and it's, it's gone now. Like you saying that made it start to come back, but I guess we can, uh, uh, <laughs> move forward if it comes back it'll come back and i'll edit this part out <laughs> um okay so now i i gotta ask you know we are uh getting a little a little long here and i don't want to capitalize on all of your guys's evenings so um let me just ask uh what what project are we got we got 10 things in the pipeline so what are you looking forward to the most next 
Um, and do you have any any more closing thoughts on the subject, as well as let us know where to find you? Um, also, if you guys wouldn't mind after that to stick around for a second, because I, I do want to toss something else out you, but I'll make that a slightly separate video. Uh, anyways, uh, we will start with Sawyer. Yes, okay. <laughs> well, of course, the last time I have to do it. Um, yeah, um, I think I am very fortunate to have been on several podcasts with you lately. Um, and it's always a phenomenal time doing so. So you've already heard me say that I'm probably most excited for the Acolyte, which might be a little bit before we get it. But um you, Element, and I have been on the High Republic train. Um, I still have to read the comics. I haven't gotten around there, but um, you guys were the ones who said, you don't want to miss this, and you were right. So that's <laughs> what I'm most excited for. I'm excited to see the Sith, hopefully in a similar fashion that we see the Jedi in this new era, era because they, you know... Uh, I would like my understanding of the Sith to drastically change the way that Light of the Jedi had my views on the Jedi change. So I'm very, very excited to um, see the end of the High Republic when we finally get there. Um, now, what was the other question? Oh, how do you how, how do you how do you find me? Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And and as far as content goes, I am Sawyerism on TikTok and on Instagram, mostly on TikTok, though. Um, and Hannah and I do our own podcast, which we post every Saturday at noon Mountain Standard Time. It's called The Star Horrors Podcast. Yes, you heard that right. And uh, it's on YouTube and on Spotify. Awesome. And yeah, definitely check out that podcast because it is great as well. Um Sadly, Hannah has not joined us on that High Republic train, but she's gonna. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Hannah, uh, what what are you looking forward to? Closing thoughts and where can we find you? Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Kenobi. Um, I am really fascinated by like those those lost years and w what could they possibly like do to make it you know fit both ends of the magnet? Like wh where what is going to bridge that? Um, and how are they going to, um, I guess, fit it in with everything else that's happened? I'm also really excited for the Acolyte. I am, yes, 10 chapters into Light of the Jedi. However, I don't need to know anything about the High Republic. I think it sounds cool. Um, I <laughs> We're going to, like, give you crap for this, like, all night when we go on VC. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, you can find me on TikTok at Discount Bo-Katan. Um, like Sawyer said, we are, um, also on the, the, uh, Star Horrors podcast every weekend. And, um, closing thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker. I think, you know, watch it again and just enjoy it and try not to analyze it when you're, like, try not to think too hard about, like, what does everything mean? Just, just come Take along for what with it the is. ride. Yeah. Take it for what it is. And I, I, per, I, I have been kind of trying to tell everyone, especially my followers this lately, because I do have a lot of followers who um, prefer Legends to the sequels. 
I, you're lying if you tell me you can't find one thing you like about every piece of Star Wars media. And if you haven't done that so far, go back and watch everything and you'll find something. Yeah. <laughs> I just get your head out of the film theory angle oh, and watch it. I thought it you were going to say something else. Wars. Head out of somewhere else. But... Oh. <laughs> yeah, flashbacks of my childhood. But anyway. Also, also I like to point out that Hannah um, also serves at the uh, the Temple of Gitas. Uh, so if, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Jacob, uh, how about you? Uh, so my favorite project or, or most anticipated project is hands down. It's Ahsoka. I cannot wait for that show. Uh, all the shows. I mean, I'm here for everything. Give me anything. Give me more, uh, D squad. Like, I don't care. The droid stories. I, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> um, and yeah, all the tie-ins. I love that we've got a Mandoverse. That name isn't catching on. I'm not going to pull a Darcy and be like, yeah, it's totally catching on. But that's uh, <laughs> really what it is. And so there's that. Um, in terms of, I'll do my closing thought, and then I'll say where I can be found. When you watch films, you guys and gals, like, if you want to enjoy it, try to relax about it before you go in. Relax your expectations. Relax your preconceived whatevers. Um I went into the Guardians of the Galaxy thinking, I'm yeah, just going to go in there and eat some popcorn and watch a film. I was blown away. I loved it. <laughs> but I had no expectations. Some people may not have loved it or whatever. Same thing for me with Captain Marvel. Same thing with all of these sequel movies. Um, I've never met anyone who didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, well, then that's... I hope those people don't exist, but you know, <laughs> I have your opinion. Um, I like the first Thor movie, but whatever. Um, and Thor 2, but... I guess I, but because I don't go into these films with like, it better be this. Although I was in the chat kind of joking about the matrix is my favorite trilogy. The matrix four coming out makes me a little nervous. That's mostly a joke, but I do try to go in with no expectations and then I'm not disappointed. I either love it or I'm just like, eh. And then I, if I'm just, eh, then I go on with my life and I don't have an ulcer in my stomach to worry about. And you know, all, all kinds of problems because I'm stressed out about films. I think if you're, whole life is dedicated to hating a fictional story, then you need to seek professional help. There you go. <laughs> That's my, my closing thought. Otherwise, just enjoy it and you're going to be better off in life. I'm J. Kevin Parker on all the socials. Um, the What I'm signed into the chat on is actually my YouTube channel, which is uh, called uh, Epic Worldview. I hashtag most of my uh, TikToks with Epic Worldview. I've got uh, something coming out in the next... 12 hours on my YouTube channel about uh, Ochi's dagger, speaking of the rise of Skywalker. So I did the audio before this, and then I'm about to finish it, wrap production on that one and get it out there to my channel. So there'll be a fifth video on my channel for, you know, the couple of dozen people that are subscribed. So more content coming there. Awesome. Awesome. This has been a great talk. I can't wait to rewatch it and then start doing my ranking. So thank you guys so much for, for joining and for being part of the community. Uh, just appreciate the hell out of all of you. <laughs> Same, Brandon. And thanks everyone in, in the in the chat uh, for your guys' support. Um, again, I am Darth Chaco. If uh, you if you're here, you probably know who I am and where to find me. Uh, also, I'm on a podcast called uh, Diet in the Force uh, with Element Seven, and so. Yeah, feel free to check us out over there. We got some some dope merch. 
Um, anyways, love you guys. <laughs> May the force be with you. Awesome. So that is where I am going to wrap and, and cut it. Um, although I have not stopped streaming yet um, because I wanted to get, to get your guys' thoughts real quick on uh, Gina Carano. Um, mm. She got, is true, she got fired? Yes. I, I just looked that up on the uh, so headline. I just sent a, a, a link to the Gizmodo coverage of it. Um, you guys want to take a look at that real quick? Yeah, I, I was reading the Deadline article about it and Lucasfilm's uh, statements. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't see. I knew she had to have done something new. So, okay, I'm going to give my thoughts because it's either going to cancel me or it's, uh, or people will be, you know, okay, people have different opinions. I am not going to say I support anything that she said in her tweets or whatever. My concern is a philosophical one is if I had to agree even a little bit with all of the actors in a film or a show, I would not ever turn on a screen and watch a show again. There, there are lots of actors in Hollywood that I just can't stand the things that they say, but I like their characters. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at uh, for a while from some people about this. I don't know. I didn't read all the things. So there's probably some things in there that she said that's horrible. And I may change my view on this, but as much as I may not like what somebody's political views are, if we don't let them ever say it and we just can continue cancel culture and, and shut everybody down, then who's going to keep people from shutting us down. Right? Like sometimes I want people to say their stupid things so that we can challenge it in public and then be like, yeah, that's really stupid. You shouldn't be that way. But I, I don't know. That's just, it's my personal feeling. I thought the same thing with star Wars theory versus uh, you know, uh, Pablo Hidalgo. And he said, you know, five words in a tweet, and suddenly everybody, he sent his army to shut down. I mean, he didn't say it that way, but you know, neither did the guy that had the people storm in the Capitol, but whatever. Uh, it's still responsible for your followers in, in some cases. And I just, can he not have an opinion, Pablo Hidalgo? I know I'm jumping topics, but <laughs> he works for Lucasfilm. Okay. Can he not have an opinion about something and as a person, even if you hate it? I don't know. That I'm. I'm not going to say any more on that. I'm going to let everyone else talk. because. And I hope you know, I when I facepalmed just now, it wasn't because of you. It was because it finally loaded what she said. Um, <laughs> Maybe next time I'll read it before I talk. <laughs> no, and uh, no, but I, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, like this just, just came out while we were talking. So, yeah, n none of us are super well versed on yeah. everything. We're just kind of spitballing here because um, we're in the middle of this but uh sounds like you have some thoughts Soria. maybe <laughs> um i i i don't know i i i do agree that gen z in particular you know i'm still on that cusp people don't really people haven't decided where to put the 2000ers you know some some people are like gen z some people are like you can pick i always 
pick the millennial side of things because I'm so against cancel culture for the most part. I think that we are very quick to um, decide something for somebody or just end somebody's whole life. Um, you know, we'll dig up something from high school that they said, and I think that there's ample opportunity for someone to grow at any stage of their life. I know I've been there. I know a lot of my friends have been there. There's just no way that we can always be in the right every single time. However, I this woman has been given several chances to, um, you know, correct her line of thinking slash not say anything at all. She's expressed her views on anti-masking. Um, you know, she hasn't, she's promoted anti-masking. She, I guess this, whatever she did this time was anti-Semitic. Um, and she's openly made fun of the transgender community. I, that is, that is where I draw the line. My sister's transgender. You say one, forgive my language. You say one goddamn word about the transgender community. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. You're done. I cannot respect that. <clears throat> and so for me, you know, especially seeing Pedro be such an ally and his sister just came out, like, I, I just wonder how that work relationship was. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, I think it, there comes a point where you've had plenty of chances to not spread toxicity um, when you have such a fan base and such influence. And I think she was given that. She was given several chances. And um, I see nothing wrong with it because she obviously didn't use that opportunity to learn. I want to clarify real quick before someone else starts. I, I'm not saying that Disney shouldn't have gotten rid of her. Um, I just philosophically, I just posing the questions uh, because there are people I would definitely get rid of for saying those kinds of things. Right. <laughs> uh, because it's a toxic work environment. It's bad for the company. Uh, you know, if somebody started promoting Nazi, you know, stuff, obviously I'm going to tank them and say, no, they don't just get freedom of speech. Yeah, sure. But have your freedom of speech elsewhere. Right. Like if you're going to be that big of a jerk about it. So I just want to make sure everybody heard me <laughs> say that I'm not saying Disney shouldn't have fired or just, philosophical questions that's what i'm throwing out all right yeah now i'll shut up no I, absolutely um and your thoughts uh hannah yeah for me it's surprising i was very surprised when it when it finally loaded and i figured out why people were mad at her because the tendency i've noticed that generally by and large um uh, progressives progressives tend to not acknowledge anti-semitism as like a valid or acknowledgement worthy form of like bigotry and it's always like sort of like you guys are fine though um so i was surprised that it was an anti-semitic sentiment that that um was the straw that broke the camel's back um i will say that but uh it um i mean good for disney you know good for standing up against her finally um i feel like you know potentially they could have talked to her about it sooner perhaps say hey if you're going to say don't wear a mask, we're like, I, I don't know what went, went on behind, behind closed doors, but I feel like there were steps along the way where they could have intervened before. But I, you know, good. I'm glad that she is finally getting the axe. Um, not just like she's been she's been canceled for a long time, but I'm I'm glad that they're they're going through it now, uh, going through with it now. It's it's you know, it's it's been. It's been time for a while now, and yeah, it, it, I, you know, it does surprise me because I will say that, you know, as a, as a Jewish person, oftentimes in liberal spaces, I feel like 
it's like oh you guys are you guys don't particularly care if someone is anti-semitic like yeah you're gonna use um holocaust analogies to talk about veganism like why why are we doing this um so i'm 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 glad that 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 it's finally like you can't do that shit uh oops sorry um but uh yeah no i'm master choco do we have permission to curse (laughs) (laughs) uh keep keep it light because i I don't want to end up uh you know videos on on youtube can end up crossing a line and that's kind yeah, of what no, slows I mean, the circulation yeah, we've already hit our pg-13 threshold i think i was Thanks, on Anna. my best behavior <laughs> but i mean uh, so the, the, the kind of the place i come down on it is um uh, I, again i do think uh i don't think we should have a, a culture where no one can they just can't say anything uh or you have to you know fear you know this stuff all the time but there there is there is a line mm-hmm. there is there's a there's a clear <laughs> there's a clear line uh, i believe and also having a morality clause for things especially productions that are going to be watched and loved by children i think is important um you know and so you know, putting those two things together, she didn't get fired because of one thing that that she did. And uh, in, in fact, they've we've been. This has been an ongoing thing. People have been pushing for this for a while, um, and <laughs> uh, so I, I I don't know. I mean, where where I come down on is she should have known. She should have known that people are <laughs> watching her, <laughs> right? Uh, and if you are aware, then I, I don't see an excuse for something many, many times. It's like, you know, if you show up late at work, they're not going to fire you. If you keep doing it and you keep, you know, being a habitual line stepper, then, yeah, they may they may step in and, and do something. So, um. There's definitely a maturity factor there, like you're saying. Like you have to know that people are listening in, and it's like I was saying in the chat. I because I do some work uh, with uh, government entities, I do not speak out much at all about specific candidates or parties or certain political topics on social media, mm. no matter who's in the White House, whether it's support or not. Just because it's going to change eventually. And I don't want there to be, you know, somebody somewhere who says, you know, a political appointee that's like, yeah, we're going to just get rid of everybody who said this on Twitter with this hashtag. So it's kind of what you're saying. Like you got to kind of know what people are going to pick up on and what's safe for you. And then like, you know, back in the Dixie chicks, I don't know if you guys are are old enough to probably you remember, like they got sort of canceled by, because of some of the political stuff they said. And even then I was like, well, I mean, I get it they should be able to speak out, but at the same time, people don't have to buy their stuff. So it, it kind of goes all the different directions. It's that's where the, the market kind of plays into that, but yeah, yeah. she should have known better is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's like kind of what I was saying. She should have known better, but like, this is not the first time she's been under fire for something she said. So like I said earlier, she had a chance to not do that again. And when you get into the topic of anti-masking, that is not a political issue. That is a matter of 
like a very real thing that we are living right now and I I, I that one is kind of like a no-brainer like you have such a large platform especially because isn't the mandalorian the most streamed television program from a streaming service ever yeah people know who she is and you're telling people to go risk their and other people's lives or just not care about it i don't think that has anything to do with politics um uh but yeah i mean i've already said my piece on it but i think I do think some of these things, someone brought up um, James Gunn in the chat. I think he was an example of someone who definitely did learn from his mistakes um, because that stuff was dug up from years and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and he had since shown that he had changed. So like, it, it, it's really from circumstance to circumstance, but in this case and in some others, like I, I'm, I'm proud of Disney. I really do think that this was the right decision. And maybe she will finally learn and going forward, if she gets any jobs, you know, like maybe she will have an opportunity to actually realize that what she's been doing is not okay and yeah. change. And if she continues to be in the public eye, maybe she's not going to be like reluctantly upset at like talking about how it's literally 1984 or whatever. I maybe just maybe she will realize why it is that people were upset. The anti-masking thing, particularly, I mean, all these are awful topics or whatever, but that one pisses me off because of family members that have gotten COVID because of those idiots. Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> I don't usually use the I word, but I, just... I mean, it's said about me a lot, but I don't usually use it. I know, but you're Same. right. I mean, Mostly I my wife, but yeah. Um... At this oh, point, I don't know a single person who has not either had someone close to them be sick or even more tragically possibly pass away from this or know someone who has experienced that you know i got home for thanksgiving break and my dad had it when he picked me up at the airport and he had it for three weeks and he's still dealing with those effects like don't yeah. tell me it's no, a my, flu my, my, <laughs> my wife has been um working like a lot of overtime and helping out in the hospitals because and i'm here in san diego they were jam-packed oh and this but they were the reason they were jam-packed was this was right after the holiday season there was a massive flare-up and so i mean it's it is it's, it's, a, it's a real thing uh, but okay no uh thank you guys for for you know sharing your thoughts on on the subject um again this is breaking news and so I just wanted to toss it out there but i appreciate all of you guys and uh yeah we will go ahead and cap this is there any any closing thoughts that anyone has no thank you to those of you who were not mean to me for not being british anymore <laughs> <laughs> all right i think it's awesome i can't pull that off and you did so good job <laughs> well all right guys you have a wonderful evening i will give you your wednesdays back so May the force be with you, always. <laughs> <laughs>